Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're discussing Avenging Angelo, released by Warner Brothers, maybe? Possibly Dante Entertainment, unclear, on unclear date, but sometime in 2002 or 2003. Okay, thank you. We'll, we'll loop back to that. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Madeline Stowe, Raul Bova, Harry Van Gorkum, Billy Gardel, and Anthony Quinn. Written by Will Aldis and Steve McCall. Directed by Martin Burke. All right, so this was an audible, and it was my pick. I went to the comedy uh, category. Yeah, we were originally going to do No Place to Hide. If you listen to the last episode, you'll hear our tacked on explanation yes. at the end. But suffice to say, we couldn't find it. So, Avenging Angelo. Yeah, and I, I wasn't even sure you were correct in labeling this a comedy based on the cover art that I found and the description. I'm like, I'm not sure this is right, but this is another Olsen pick where it was freely available on IMDb TV. So, <laughs> I, I, wonder wanted to, why. I wanted to bang it out event immediately. Yes. So, I picked it. Uh, and I did at least, we did find out. I do think this was intended to be a comedy. So I, oh, I, it was intended to be a comedy. Yeah, it, it intended. Um, I'm not embarrassed by this pick. I don't think it's as bad as I was led to believe based on the internet research that I had before I watched the movie. Wow, okay. I'm on the total opposite end. Oh, wow. I hate this movie. Hate? I hate it. Oh, no. All so, right. This, I, I, this I is actually good because most of the time we come into it that we disagree, I hate it, and you actually That's true, like it. yeah. This is, it's a rare situation where I dislike a movie more than you. I will admit that I, part of it is probably just, uh, you know, uh, my mind state of late. There's that been a lot be. going on both personally and in the world. This is the first episode of recording in pandemic days, just yep. to give context. We, we, you know, we try to make these episodes evergreen and not talk about uh, current events too much, but... Um, so I I don't know if uh, so you wanted- my mental state was coloring my but I'll just tell you I loathe this movie I really really dislike it on a lot of different reasons number one I found it insulting to my intelligence number two I I just the structure of it like half like, more than halfway like two thirds of this movie. Uh, was was over. I'm going. What is this movie about? What is happening? Like, there's no structure to it. It's just stuff happening, in a way that really annoyed me. The movie's called Avenging Angelo. What percentage of this movie is actually about Avenging Angelo? It's like a five minute chunk of I was this movie. Say, it's it's like <laughs> five minutes of an hour and a half. A portion of this movie. The is, title's misleading. That's fair. But it's not just that. It's that part of this movie is. A romantic comedy. Oh, not just part of it. The majority of it. That's what it is. But it takes forever to get to it. Because the first, first, I don't know, half hour is just this like comedy of errors where oh you know, Madeline Stowe doesn't really know her true identity and uh, wait, 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 wait. okay go all right all right I, I just I just found the the whole like the whole movie felt like it was starting up a story and then it would change its mind and go on to some other story because then there's all this, this like subplot with uh, her adoptive parents and then there's this guy Marcello who was introduced in the first five minutes disappears for an hour suddenly oh he's in a very important character he's been gone for an hour this is like an 85 minute movie and at minute like 65 they reintroduce him and just be like no it's all about him actually he's actually really important and he ends up being like the ultimate villain of the movie it's like well, why are you just suddenly reintroducing this character well, it's because they wanted a twist although they really telegraphed 
who he really was when they reintroduced did him. They, maybe I was just so checked out oh, and didn't care. Big time. How do they telegraph Well, it? that's going to steal. I don't have okay, very many can notes on this. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We, we can talk about it. I mean, the, uh, the comedy in this movie, I, I don't think there's a single joke in this movie that worked for me. I found the score. And Bill pain, Conti? It, it You're going to rip on it, Bill Conti? I am. It pains me to say it, but I thought Bill Conti's score is probably more about like how it was placed. It felt like... I was being attacked by this score in terms of like it was just constantly this upbeat like do 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 do. It was like it's not attacking you. It's kind of upbeat. It's it's too upbeat. It's, it's light. It's it's upbeat in moments where people are being murdered and like down like dark moments of the story. It's, it's like, like weekend at Bernie's. It's not darkly comic though. <laughs> it's not like this black comedy. It, the the it I, was like it was like the the curb your enthusiasm theme was playing over and over for ninety minutes. There was no like modulation in the score. There was no like here's something that's a little different that feels a little different. Just ninety minutes of you know like it's a, obviously like Italian themed music yeah. given the subject matter. I get that, but like no matter what was happening, that style of music was playing and it just drove me crazy. I felt like I was in the middle of like an experiment, you know. It was like I was being driven mad by just the samey score. Did you feel over you were and like over and over in this thing? <laughs> what is that? I look, you know uh, the Sting. Does that play the same music over and over? I haven't seen the Sting in forever. I don't know if it plays the same music over and over. You're just but, saying like old timey music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it did feel like to me. But that's an old timey movie that's yeah, set in I, the. Look, I, <laughs> That's, Look, this movie is presumably set in 2002 or something. It's, it's yeah, I think it's supposed to be present day. Yeah. Yes. Why? What is it that you liked about it? I, I just I, I don't see anything redeeming I, about it. No, movie. no, no. I want to defend myself. I'm not going to say that I like the movie. Okay. What I'm saying is that the review, the fact that it went direct to video in the U.S. Did it? Yes. Wikipedia listed a theatrical release date, but it was in 2003, and I wasn't sure no, if that no, was no, real that, or not. That's a U.S. like video okay. video release date. You can cover that in a minute. Yeah, so I'll cover that in a minute. So when I go into it, I see that. It's on IMDb TV for free. Yes. And the I'll get to it as well. When I see the Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I honestly, I was expecting the what you've just... Your reaction, that's what I was expecting. I was going to be angry that I had to like watch this movie multiple times to be able to take notes. I, don't, I didn't feel angry. It's not good. I didn't feel like it was awful either. And there's probably two, two reasons that I'm going to say that. There's, there's two things, and it really has nothing to do with the writers. It, it's all events or facts outside of the movie. Okay. The fact that, and this is stealing from most of what my notes are, so this is going to be a tough episode, but I'm just going to, I'm going to get right to it in the opening. All right. The fact that we have Anthony Quinn saying, Frankie, the fact that we have that outside of Last Action Hero, yeah. I'm going to, no, I'm going to tell you right now, it was worth me watching to have one more time from Anthony Quinn say, Frankie. I guess, but... It was totally I mean, worth it to me. He is in full Last Action Hero mode here. Yes. He's just playing the exact same Italian stereotype. There's another Last Action Hero moment in the movie. Very loose. Not Anthony Quinn related. Okay. For those two alone, it moved it up a level where I wasn't going to be angry at it because it reminded me of something that I really enjoy. And actually, it reminded me of something, the reason we're doing the podcast. Honestly, without that movie, we're not doing this podcast. Our mutual love... Of that movie yeah. is what gave birth to the podcast of doing bad puns and machine guns. Yeah. So for those two facts, it gets a pass. It's not fair. It's it's just not as bad as the Rotten Tomatoes rating to me. There, there's a there's a few other nuggets in there. I don't think it's a great movie, but there's a few other nuggets in this movie that I at least found 
entertaining. Okay. I did enjoy Anthony Quinn for the little time that he has, but his only role in this and movie it's his is last to be role. killed. Uh, was it his last role? I saw yeah. it was dedicated to him, but I wasn't yeah. sure if I didn't yeah, that I think it's his last role. So, okay. I mean, for nothing else, I mean, you, you got the Torelli mob. If if the writing was better, and if he had something more interesting, he's if he has any in memorable... He's barely in it. Yeah, and I mean, no character has any, like, memorable, like, moments or, like, dialogue, or just no, if he was doing I, something... This is also one where I think, actually, this is supposed to be a comedy... Again, it's not great. I actually think Stallone is probably is holding his own and probably the best part of this movie. And in a comedy, I never thought I'd say that. I would agree with that. I think he's the best part of the movie uh, in the sense that he's the least worst part of the movie. Uh, I I do. I mean, I said I said this in the last episode. Even we recorded it forever ago. But in Daylight, I said I like seeing him in roles where he's a nice guy and he's just kind of happy and you know he's not particularly violent in this movie he's very polite and that's the whole thing like he's kind of he's calling uh, madeline so mad Ma'am all the time yeah and that's like you know i mean I, I i like seeing him in roles like this and i think during this period he was trying to get away from his like action movie killer uh persona this obviously was not the choice to do it well i mean i think at this point he probably was had limited options and this was probably the best you know his the career best, was the best know, worst option available probably his career was i mean this period between copland and rocky balboa this period of his career the was dead just, period yeah it was rough i mean we, we were we're experiencing this thing we're experiencing this with icu and this and you know, basically anything, but in that period, nothing is really holding up. That's right. the reason all these movies are for free on these streaming that's, No, that's absolutely <laughs> true. All right, you ready to get into it? Yeah, sure. Right. What day is it? What year? All right, so I'm going to go with the U.S. video release date that I found, which is August 31st of 2003. There was a theatrical release uh, in Italy, June 15th, 2002. So I think that's the reason why in IMDb it will come up as a parenthetical 2002. But I could not find any release in the U.S. in 2002, so I'm going with 2003 for my history segment. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's basically what Wikipedia said, but it didn't make it clear whether the 2003 U.S. date was theatrical or not. It said Warner Brothers, which I would... I I don't know if Warner Brothers' own video released it or what. Yeah, and I don't remember the opening credits noticing anything, so... No, there was definitely no Warner Brothers logo. That's why I had a question. I said, Warner Brothers, maybe? Because I don't know. All right, so the Rotten Tomatoes rating is a 13% on this one, but the audience score is a 33%. So I think there's some people out there like me that are helping pull this one up. When you're proud of a 33% audience score, you know something's going wrong. All right, uh, according to IMDb, this had a $17 million budget. Oh, that does not show. That money is not on the screen. <laughs> Are you saying they would have been better off just going and burning the money in the parking lot? Uh, I mean, obviously. What was the? I mean, I saw kind of a little bit of the box office, or quote unquote box office. Uh, I'm not I sure. found a worldwide gross of eight hundred and twenty-four thousand yeah. dollars. That's really bad. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, who knows? Maybe they made their money back on home video, but I can't imagine. I don't. No. Had you ever heard of this movie prior to no. us doing this podcast? Never. No. no, me neither. I never would have found it. I never would have. I mean, I had to search to find it, and like, oh, IMDb TV has it. Perfect. Let's yeah. do it. All right, so the so I'm going with August of 2003 here in the U.S. Uh, for the box office as your alternative entertainment options uh, sure. on August 31st, 2003. Yeah. It was pretty bleak in the box office as well, my yeah. friend. I don't even know what would have been. This, is, this, this list of movies is just trash. When I saw it, I'm like, this is all garbage. This is the summer, right? 
I mean, I know this is late, a home video. Late summer, so okay. it's starting to get to be not exactly dumping ground, but kids are starting to go back to school, and this is this is not prime box office. I'm trying to think of what came out in 2003, and all I can think of was like Lord of the Rings, but those were always December. That, that, that yes, was December kind of Academy, because they thought that they might be able to win Academy Awards, so they put them out towards the holiday well, season, they towards were, the Oscar season. They, they were, were correct, correct the yes. one year. They were correct. Uh, all right, so a sequel is the number one movie in America this weekend. Matrix Reloaded. Jeepers Creepers 2 is the number one movie in America. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, so you know what? I'm realizing here on this list, I think I have the total gross rather than the weekly. So I'm just going to go through the names. I I screwed up on that. That's my fault. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) We're we're here talking about Avenging Angelo. Yes. None of these details matter. So the number two movie in America in its fourth uh, week of release is... The Lindsay Lohan vehicle, Freaky Friday, is the number two movie in America. Oh, no, I have the weekly. I'm sorry. So the weekly opening gross was $15,269,000 for Jeepers Creepers. I was looking at the wrong uh, column. Jeepers Creepers 2. Big drop off to Freaky Friday 2 in week four. It is a just over $9.2 million. Okay. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. I think people yes. like Freaky Friday. It's yes. a remake. It is a remake so of a Disney movie. A sequel and a remake. What's next? A TV show adapted oh. into a movie, SWAT, is oh, the geez. number three movie in America uh, at $8.3 million. Uh, it is in its second week of release. Okay. Number four, I recognize the name, and I might be able to get an actor, but you'll probably know better than me. Open Range is the number four movie in America. Feels like a Kevin Costner? Mm, no? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't, I, I've heard of it also, but I'm not sure what it is. All right. It is a Disney, Walt Disney production, just just over $8 million. Might be an animated thing. Uh, you could be right. Huh. Well, I can tell you that the next is a Walt Disney that is not animated. It is a sequel as well. Number five, Movie in America, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay, that's the good one. Probably the only, yeah, the only good one. Uh, just under I eight. like the second one. I, it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, and that's the one, who's the villain in that one? It's, well, it's Davy Jones' Squid Face, but it also, that's the one with the big, the, the big uh, Kraken monster. Yes, the Squid Face, but who played that? I, I should, uh, oh. Bill Nye, right? Not Bill Nye, but... Uh, I think it was Bill, it was, was it Bill Nye or was it Stellan Skarsgård? They're both in it, and I forget who plays which character. I think it's Bill Nye. Yeah, I think Bill Nye plays the uh, Squid Face. All right, number six is a mashup, and it is actually the opening week for this movie, so it did not do well, but it's a mashup of the slasher genre. Oh, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. I just bought the... Opened at number seven. <laughs> opened at number seven. Oh, my God. That's it, terrible. It opened, in the, it opened. Let me go. Let me recap for you, since this is probably going to be a rough episode. Yeah. We'll spend a little time here. Feel let free. me open. Let me recap for you what it opened beneath. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what we were just? Oh, yes. I'm just going to recap so you yeah, can yeah, okay. think, think about how bad it is to open number seven. Yeah. Fourth week of Freaky Friday. Second week of SWAT. <laughs> third week of Open Range. The sixth week of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. That's how bad Freddy vs. Jason opened. That's funny, because I thought that movie was a success. I've still never seen it. And, and coincidentally, I just bought the entire, or not the entire, but the first eight Friday the 13th movies on uh, Blu-ray. So. It, it must have had a little bit of legs here, because I've got the total gross column here. And the total gross for that movie was, now that is worldwide too, and that, that's, I think was $72 million. So it must yeah. have had some decent legs somehow, but it opened not very good. It might have only opened like a limited release or something. No, I got sure. the theaters. The theaters are like 3000 Oh, really? Theaters. Okay. Yeah. That's surprising. 
All right. I've never seen it. I, I need to see it because I, I I never liked the Freddy movies, but I do like Friday the Thirteenth. So I should watch that movie at some point. Oh, you know what? No, I I'm, I'm taking everything Is that back. Not the first week? It's not the first week. Okay. I, I say, I'm I, reading I, the wrong column. That was the the third week for that. Yeah, I thought what, that the, movie the, did okay. This column here, I'm really butchering this. This column here is the last week, so it actually must have moved up somehow. That it wasn't like in the top ten somehow, and maybe it got a oh, wider okay. release or something. Word of know. mouth about Freddy versus Jason could be. So, I've heard that movie's okay, like actually kind of interesting. All right, number seven movie in America is Sea Biscuit with six point five million. The first movie on this list I've seen. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. If I have not seen Jeepers Creepers, no, I have seen SWAT. It is not good. Yeah, I didn't hear any uh, good Colin Farrell, Samuel Sam L. Jackson. Jackson yeah. yeah, it's not good. Uh, well, no, you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. Second, number eight, The Medallion. Do not know that movie. I don't either. Number nine, Uptown Girls. Do not know that movie. Uh, Four point two million, and the last in the top ten. Apparently, the American Pie series was still putting movies in theaters. American Wedding is the tenth movie in America. Oh, sure. 3. I think that was. Million. I think it was one of those situations where like some of the cast had like peeled off and uh, left the series, and then American Wedding was like, "Let's Come get on, the everybody. whole gang back together." Yeah, yeah and like, let's try tr- and make one last movie to make put some coin in our pocket. I think I never saw any of those after American Pie. I didn't either. All right, so the two thousand three and four Nielsen ratings. The number one show in America is. CSI, the original crime scene investigation. Anything? What, what year did that show go on the air? I think at this point we can just assume. <laughs> any, any, like whatever the, the, the whatever year it is, whatever the cutoff is, we can just assume CSI or some variant is going to be number one. Well, it was number one. Yeah. Number two and number three: American Idol Tuesday, American Idol Wednesday. <sighs> number four. This show is hang, still hanging around. Must I didn't realize it was in a decline like this. Yeah. The Friends is on the air and number four in uh, in America. Yeah, I feel like this came up recently on like ICU or something. Friends were off the air. I think the finale was in two thousand four. Yeah, so it must have been in the decline, I guess. Then. Yeah, it was near the end. Uh, sure. Number five is another reality TV show I wish didn't exist. The Apprentice. Number six is ER. Number seven, yet another reality show. This one not as offensive, or at least not as damaging to the world. Survivor. Number eight. A CSI that I think you might be a fan of, my friend. Oh, Miami. CSI Miami. I've the- never seen a single episode. I've only seen the clips of uh, of uh, David Crusoe taking off his sunglasses and giving pithy lines. And then the Who playing. <laughs> those pithy lines, some of those were amazing. I mean, I, it, made, it made me want to watch the show. I mean, I, Did it really make you want to watch the show or no, just watch that video again? It made me want to watch the opening, like cold opens of every show. I, I wonder if it's, uh, I'm sure it's on like Amazon Prime yeah! or something. Was it Yezzy? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just taking off the sunglasses. Yeah. Meet All the right. new boss. Tied, uh, tied at number nine is Monday Night Football, and everybody loves Raymond. Uh, this is relevant to me these days, since the stock market is not doing very well in the real world for me. The S and P five hundred. If we Mike- sound frayed in this episode, it's because this is the first episode. Yes. We've sorry we've recorded since the world fell apart. I'm looking at it, and where the S and P 500 is in 2003, we're not there, but it feels like we might be headed there. Yeah, uh, it is at 1019.44. For see now, the S and P 500 number that you've you've delivered every week is, is becoming more relevant. I've mocked you for all these you know, years of you giving S and P 500. It was just prescient, is what yeah. I was. August 10th, the highest temperature ever recorded in the United Kingdom. Uh, 101.3 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, 38.5 degrees Celsius. 
is recorded. It is the first time in the United Kingdom has recorded a temperature over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Something tells me that since 2003, that's probably, probably happened a probably. lot more. They use Fahrenheit there? I don't even think they do. Like It's uh, an arbitrary number for them. They don't, but I've, the, I, this is a translate. This is a U.S.-based site yeah, yeah. that I, I tend to pull these things from. We get 101 degrees at least once a year in Chicago. Uh, August 14th, the Northeast Blackout of 2003 cuts electricity to the Northeastern United States and parts of Canada. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I, I looked up just to refresh my memory. The blackout's prox- proximate cause was a software bug in the alarm system at the control room of First Energy, an Akron, Ohio-based company, which rendered operators unaware of the need to redistribute load after o- overloaded transmission lines drooped into foliage. Okay. August 16th, Ronaldo makes his debut for Manchester United in a 4 to nothing victory over the Bolton Wanderers. I've heard Manchester United. I do not know the Bolton Wanderers. I've heard of Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo is the most famous athlete in the world, and it's not even close. Okay. Well, I've heard, I've heard of him. That's the extent of my knowledge of him. <laughs> it, it, and it's not even close. I, he's, I think, the highest paid athlete in the world, and it's not even close. Is he more him. famous than David Beckham? Yes. Okay. Especially today. Shows Absolutely, he is. Yeah, Ronaldo is. Sorry, we're Americans. We don't know. <laughs> I did. Well, okay. I'm gonna, okay. I'll apologize for myself. No worries. August 28th, 2003, live television in Erie, Pennsylvania shows an electric collar explode, killing a pizza delivery man tied to a bank robbery and scavenger hunt plot. It actually is a Netflix series. Uh, Evil Genius covers the entire story. I have watched it. I didn't understand a word of what you just said. Really? A, a live television. Say that again. So there was a, um, a bank robbery that took place. It was being carried live on the news. What was being carried live on the news is a pizza delivery guy has a, a collar that basically has a bomb attached to it, and he had a list of things that he was supposed to do, and it was in relation to robbing a bank in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, jeez. I never and heard the, about this. And the uh, TV coverage ultimately didn't you know, know that the bomb was going to detonate. The bomb squad is out, and it ultimately detonated, killing him. It's actually a very interesting uh, – I don't love the true crime – docu-series that Netflix does, but Evil Genius is worth watching, and it, it covers the, the, entire, the entire episode. Okay. I don't know if I want to watch that. Yeah. Well, that sounds like so horrifying. Well, that, that's a very small part of it. Most of the rest of it is trying to figure out who really was behind it and oh, whether or not that guy was involved. Still, that's, I mean, I've never heard this story. I don't know how I missed it, but that's, yeah. that's I mean, well, I'm reacting to this now as, so, if, it's, as if it just happened because I've never heard of it. Just go ahead and give me the button that you want to give me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that button. I'm, I'm just, I never heard this story before. Oh, death and grief and sorrow and murder. Well, the last one does definitely cover it. Uh, I had to, I expanded out a little bit, and I skipped over September because August history was weak, and this is very relevant to this podcast, so I decided to skip to October 7th of 2003. There is a recall election in California, and voters recall Governor Gray Davis from office and elect actor Arnold Schwarzenegger to succeed him. Sure. Uh, Think the, of all the movies that have robbed us. <laughs> Arnold movies we could have had. Because he, he was serving in California. Yeah, you know. On the New York Times bestseller list, a book by Dan Brown, The Da Vinci Code. Oh, sure. Uh, and the Billboard 100 is Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Oh, okay, that's a good song. Yeah, so that's a song I at least recognize. Most yeah. of the time, I don't know most yeah, of Yeah, I know. It's after 2000, we recognize the song, so that's a good sign. So that was, that's it. That's what was happening uh, in the world, well, in the world and mostly the United States. All right, let's move on to the big picture. All right. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. So the big picture, this is the segment of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie. 
I'll try not to be. I'm trying to like rant and rave too much because I really, really dislike this movie. But uh, you know, let's go through the plot. All right. Do you, do you want me to do my attempt first? Sure. Take your take your two All sentences right. or however many sentences you got. I think I got three here. We'll see. Considering all the false starts and like dead end cul de sacs this movie's story has, I it's can't hard. believe you would be it's able to. It's hard, so. I, I, <laughs> okay, let's hear it then. I'm it, curious. This is not going to cover everything, but I did my best. Frankly, Frank, excuse me, Frankie Delano, parenthetical, not Roosevelt, hmm. has been watching Jennifer her whole life. After her birth father, Angelo Alighieri, is assassinated, Frankie becomes Jennifer's full time bodyguard while Jennifer goes on her own vendetta. Frankie fends off mob attacks, sprinkles on some brute, and he and Jennifer live happily ever after. (laughs) That does miss most of the movie. (laughs) I said it was difficult to do it in three sentences. If that had been the movie, I would have enjoyed it more. If it had been been more focused on the actual story, then that that makes it sound like a good movie and not like this. All right, so (laughs) why don't you lead us off then, since I didn't do the movie Well, I I mean, I... Justice. I, I wouldn't know, even know how to summarize it because it seems unsummarizable. We see Angelo die. I, I didn't pick up that he was Frankie Delano. This, I didn't even really it, He pronounces it Delano, but okay. come on. It's sure. Delano. Yeah, not I, Roosevelt. I mean, yeah, it's, that seems like the level of joke that this movie is operating at. So it's just, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah, Angelo is a mob guy, and we get a little voiceover of just like, you know, oh, I, I was a bodyguard, and I protected his daughter, just stalking her her whole life. Pretty Somehow much. it's not an issue. Anyway, Angelo dies. He's he's assassinated for reasons that are unclear. Why now? Why is Angelo suddenly being assassinated? I don't know. I guess uh, I guess it's what's-his-name, the, the fake author. What's yeah, that guy's he, name? Uh, the fake author? Whatever, either either name. Well, his author name is Marcello. Marcello, yes. Well, he's making a move. Is he? Yeah. It's, it's not just vengeance? Well, yeah, he's making his move. He's it's, He is making his move for vengeance. Okay, but for some reason now he's decided... Someone's decided to kill Angelo. I guess it was Marcello. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Marcello. I know it's not his name. Uh, it's not. You want me to give you, give you his I name or is Marcello? I, I genuinely do not care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just call him Marcello. That's it, what he's called for, for if, the portion of the movie he's well, in. Well, when you get to the end of the movie, it's not a question. He is the one who made the move. He made the decision. He hired Bruno. It was not the oh, the, um, the other Ma- Maltesta. It was, it was, With the heart yeah, problem. It wasn't him. It was Marcello 100%. Okay, fine. Move. So, so it's unrelated to the vendetta. He's... No, it is. It's a hundred percent the vendetta. But then why now? Why is he doing this now? Of, you know, as not as opposed to that, ten that years I, ago. That I can't explain. To it's you. it's. I, I I so did not care about the mob plot of just like who wants vengeance for who, and there's this whole thing of like. Okay. Uh, uh, Angelo was framed for the murder of some guy in a golf uh, driving range. Marcello's and, father. Okay. For whatever reason, it just was so uninteresting to me. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so then then there's Jennifer, played by Madeline Stowe. And she has just sent her seven-year-old son off to military school. Uh, I don't know if that kid is a Zeus of this movie, but I don't know why that's, that subplot is there. And her husband's cheating on her. And there's a whole subplot of her husband. He's pretty close to a Zeus of the movie. Cause the kid? He, he comes in and out of the movie, but he really has no impact whatsoever. He's not really commenting on the plot. That's true. Which is usually the, uh, one of the prerequisites. But That's true. Um, right, we, we won't hit him up. But, like, okay, her husband is cheating on her, and there's this whole subplot of, like, she kicks him out of the house, and then he comes back and is just awful, and Stallone chases him away because Stallone reveals himself to her 
oh, your father has been killed. Uh, you're you're actually the son of or the daughter your of birth, uh, your birth parents were the Allegaries, right? Yes, and so I am here to protect you for reasons. Like I think you need to explain this to me because I don't understand. I think you just did not want to pay attention to this movie. Okay, maybe. So here's how it plays out. Ready? You ready for the mob angle? You ready for the I mob wa- angle? I want to understand this movie. Here comes the mob angle. Okay. So there is a mob hit on a golf course, a two-tier golf course. Yes. So This was like years ago, though, right? It was many years ago. Yeah, okay. Yes. So there's three. I'm three, three I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. I remember, <laughs> I only saw this movie three, two times. So hold on. All right. So there's two mob bosses that dislike each other, but in addition to Angelo. In there's addi- three mob there's bosses, three, including right? There's Angela. three families. Yes. Right? So the one, uh, Maltesta, I think Maltesta. Okay. Maltesta, ultimately is the one who really makes the move on Marcello's father and family at the golf course. Yes. And the way that it's set up is that a hitman that is tied to the Allegheny family right. carries it out. Yeah, that part I, I, I followed. Right. But Angelo Allegheny is not who ultimately ordered the hit. Yes. He's framed, right? So. And the, the mo- one mob the, boss the, lies to the guy saying, the, oh, Right. The one, but the mob boss who ultimately dies doesn't die. He's not, like, dead right away. He swears off and says that if Angelo ever has a ch- I'm never going to be able to see my child grow up, meaning his son, who's Marcello. Right. So he says, he tells the other mob boss that he doesn't think, Maltesa, who he doesn't think is responsible for why he's not going to make it. He says, if Angelo ever has a child, you need to take out that child. Okay, but then no one, now in the present, no one really knows about his child yet, right? right. Nobody knows. So, that, so that, Stallone, that's whole... as Frankie, shows up at her door saying, I'm here to protect you, but is she in danger? Doesn't seem like she is until Stallone leads them to her, right? Um, It is... In, it is indetermined whether or not anybody knows that she's his daughter. That's my. That's the thing I didn't understand. It's like I'm here to protect you, and I'm going. Is she in danger? Nobody knows but you, Frankie. That she is his daughter. So you, by being well, there, you're inherently putting her in danger by like leading that, them to her. That's not true. That nobody knows, but nobody that's tied to the mob probably knows, other than Frankie, because well, her, her adoptive yeah, parents. Her adoptive knows. parents know, right? But they're not going to tell anybody. They got their own problems. <laughs> which we can talk about. We can get there, but I've just explained to you that that's the reason why. Is that no? It, all it, of that makes sense, and all like the fact that if he ever has a child, because he hides the fact that he knows this, Angelo knows this, that they're going to kill his child. So he puts, yeah, he he, he, he uh, finds a couple who will take who raise raise uh, Jennifer as their own, and so nobody will know that she's yeah. his child, and no one will try to kill her. I and then Angelo's killed. The two things don't seem to have any connection I, to each I other. Think, it's like, I think uh, you are likely right that ultimately <laughs> it probably died with him. Right. Other than Frankie. So if Frankie just stays away, he's fine. Yeah. But it's a love story, and he loves her, so he goes and runs to her. Okay, fine. But it's, very, making, it's very weak. It, it's, it's uh, well, I think that's the other thing, maybe why I uh, had trouble, is I did not like her, and I didn't think the two of them had any chemistry. She might be the dumbest character I've seen in a movie, like who, which is not in Dumb and Dumber. The scene, because yeah, he goes, uh, Frankie goes to her house, like I got, I got a DVD for you. Put this in the DVD player. And she's like, oh, I shot it when I was chasing my husband out. This movie loves fire, fire, like gunplay in the house. Thinks it's it, hilarious. It really does. <laughs> like four times, there's a scene. Oh, the gun went off in the house. Waka waka. It's like, why is that funny? <laughs> I don't think there was a waka waka. That's how it felt. 
Um, well, there was there was music going. This is funny. You Please know. tell me you're going to use that music, by the way. Uh, oh, I'm sure I will. Uh, if I can find it on YouTube, I don't know if anyone cares enough about the score to like upload. A, 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 Just send Bill Conti a message directly on yeah, Twitter. He, he may actually send me uh, the raw files. <laughs> Um, I love Bill Conti. I don't want to. I don't want to dump on Bill Conti. But this, I wasn't score, dumping on him. I said maybe if you reach out, maybe he'll no, just I mean, send him to you. I didn't mean to imply that he was just sitting around. Well, we're all sitting around our house doing nothing now, so maybe he'll, he'll he'll have the time to send uh, the the raw files, the flax. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, he gives her the DVD to play, and this whole thing, like Angelo on a recording, is telling this whole story that we just went through, saying, "Oh, I had a daughter." And, uh, you know, I gave her to a couple in so-and-so town. I forget what the town name is, you know, whatever. And she's like, what a coincidence. I grew up in that town. I'm going, you are the, you're an idiot. And then, like, I mean, she's drunk, I guess. So maybe that's an that, excuse. That, but That is what I think. That- I don't care how drunk you are. Come on. Put two and two together. This movie depicts her as this flighty, just like, she's constantly, she, you know, the, she's introduced Trying to climb out of a limo, or not a limo, but a, a car sunroof after her son's plane. Like, come back. Like, she's going to grab the plane. And then she gets high on pills at a country club, swoons over Marcello, tries to drive home, crashes into a bunch of stuff. I just found her so unlikable and so just flighty and just not. She's like unstable. Like, she needs medical attention. <laughs> I don't have a good defense. <laughs> She's awful. She's an awful human being. I, I just did not like her as a person. And then she watches that DVD, and she's also stupid. She's the dumbest character I've seen in a movie in a long time. Are you saying... I grew up in that town. What a, what a coincidence. Are like, you saying she was furring her brow like the stupider students? <laughs> that whole scene was her fur... And the thing is, as an audience member, we're watching Angelo explain something we already know. That scene goes on for five minutes. I did this, and I gave it to this couple, and she... For five minutes, we as the audience are being told... Anthony Quinn. I guess. But it's not... You know, he's just giving exposition. I know. He's not doing anything... He's He's not giving... exposition. Yeah, he's not... It's not an interesting scene. And so he's just droning on and on about this stuff that it's like... We, the audience, have put this together a long, long time ago. <laughs> but she I don't hasn't. understand what, why you're showing me this, Frankie. What does this have to do with me? Okay. All right. You've got me there. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean... I don't know what there is to even defend, but uh, I'm anyway. not. No, I'm not defending it. I'm I, giving I understand. you the point. She's a she's not a well-rounded <laughs> I, character. I think this the the stuff just really drove me crazy. Uh, anyway, then yeah, what happens next? She gets drunk and passes out, and then what? There's someone attacks her home, or yeah, you get know. a series of those. I don't really think that those matter. You get. I'm not sure what the motivation is for these random mob guys, other than for the weekend at Bernie's comedy moments of. Uh, Leo the fart in the wheel in the wheelbarrow. That was the other oh, last yeah. action hero. I'm sorry, I I had to have Leo the fart pass his gas one last time. Okay, but just a mob, a dead mob guy farting. That's yes. that's enough. I'm surprised because you you went. I don't on like. About I, the, I don't you know. like fart jokes, but yeah. what I like is the Anthony Quinn connection to Leo the fart pass yeah, gas okay. one last time. Okay, you've made me appreciate that and scene it made a me little think bit. Of one of your favorite scenes. Oh, I love that scene in Last Action Hero. Get me out of here! <laughs> well, but that's the funny part. It's not the farting. It's look but it, elephant. But it made me think of Austin. Help me! Get me out of here! This <laughs> man is not dead. That's a hilarious scene. Yes. A guy in a wheelbarrow farting is not funny. It's not. Yeah, it's Arnold doing the voices. I need a doctor. <laughs> I'm a doctor. 
<laughs> the doctor's fainted. The doctor's fainted. <laughs> Think about the, the the gap in quality in terms of comedy. That scene versus guy in wheelbarrow farting, and then the, they keeps going on. He hides him under his bed, and she comes out like, "Oh, I'm uh, but whatever." He, sprinkle, he sprinkles some brood around. Well, sure, but she hears the farting, and he goes, with squirrels in there? Come on, the squirrels was a pretty bad, funny explanation. Why is he covering? Come on! It would have been funnier if he had to take the blame for the fart. That, I think, would have been funny. Like, oh, sorry, but it, it wasn't him. It was the corpse under the bed. And why is he hiding the corpse? Doesn't she know that she's in danger? He could have just been like, I killed this guy. I saved your life. That what, what is doesn't make What sense. is the logic of, like, because they want a comedy scene of, like... Like your weekend at Bernie's, it's like, oh, you got to hide this body. Why? I, I'm going to find it in my notes when we get up front there, but I actually liked his explanation. <laughs> the squirrels eat too much and get bloated, and then they've got to try and get out of the walls by passing gas. Okay, if you say so. It was so dumb, it was funny. It's really dumb. <laughs> I agree with half of that. <laughs> I just, uh, you know. So there basically, there's a couple of instances where the mob does try and come and kill her, and he's able to, Frankie's able to fend him off. Yeah, there's a, there, we have a distraction where she goes to her adoptive parents' house, and there's wacky hijinks there. Yeah, well, whatever. And it, <laughs> it's not whatever. It doesn't age well. Oh, I think it's worse than that. I will say, I am usually pretty for, not forgiving, but. You're I, more forgiving than me. I, 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 I don't want to say forgiving. It's just that I usually try Understanding? to. Understanding? No, I try to give the filmmakers the benefit of the doubt. If there's something that is is you know borderline you know uh, homophobic or like you know culturally insensitive, you know I don't want to assume that. A lot of times it's just someone not thinking. Oh, I should have thought about this. I don't and I think so. In 2002, no, I no, this movie is full blown homophobic. Like I'm not giving this movie the benefit of the doubt. This movie makes it very clear what it thinks about uh, her dad. Well, because it's not so much the dad. It's like you know it's it's. This wacky scene, or oh, your father's having an affair. It's like, oh, what's her name? Oh, it's not her. You know, it's like that's supposed to be funny. Like, get this: a man had sex with another man. Like, it's like the movie thinks that's like hilarious, but then it's the scene afterwards. That's the one that really went like, okay, movie, you're really because then she goes and she talks to her son who's at military school. And starts babbling about like genetics and stuff. It's like he's not even oh, her I, biological father. I, I was just gonna say, I've got it. In. There's a number of things. That's the part where it's like that is full blown homophobic. Well, it is, and I I would say also the way that the movie talks about adoption. Yes, that and too. Acknowledge there, we'll get there. There's a, that's no, a whole separate issue. No, I, to be honest, to, if you just you could just slice all of that out, I don't think it really changes that much in the movie, and it would. Well, you got to fuse two major bombs that look really bad of how it yeah. really deals with adoption and how it deals with gay culture. I think I'm both. It it takes it in, or being homophobic rather than gay culture. It makes both worse with the next scene. You'll have to explain what you mean with the adoption angle. I, I thought I thought the scene with her parents was bad enough no, as far well, as it's well, the way it depicts like adoptive parents and yeah. It this movie basically treats them like they don't matter. Yeah, no, no. They, this, these people raised her and yeah. they're like, well, look at these buffoons. The movie basically feels like they shouldn't be in her life. I, who who are her parents? They're her parents. They yes. raised her. We'll talk about it later. Yes. But so anyway. We get through that, and then you're right. We, <laughs> we get through that. So listen to how you're describing this movie. You got to get through that. That's like 20 minutes of this movie. It is a big chunk of the movie, but they needed to get it to be an hour and a half, because that's how long movies are. Okay. <laughs> because this movie is terrible. The, the actual plot of this movie is like 10 minutes. 
it's it starts with like set, like twenty minutes to go. It's like okay, I guess we should have a plot now. I guess okay. I'm gonna avenge Angelo now. Okay, <laughs> so now really? we we can pick that back up, right? I think there's more between here and there because they go to the opera and like. Well, she goes on the date, and you reintroduce. Marcello, because he's going to show up again later and be an important part. Yeah, there's another couple. But you, you of basically like you play. Yeah, there's a couple of that you basically are then playing out the romantic comedy part of it. It's not, and it's really more the romance than the romantic comedy because there's not much comedy in it. No, that's definitely true. But but not even it. You you say oh it's not funny. I I'm not even saying that it's not trying to be. It's more of oh she doesn't realize how interested you know he really is that it. That's what really plays out for about another twenty minutes of this movie. See, I did, I interpreted it differently. I th- it didn't seem like he was expressing any interest. Oh yes, he was. When was he doing at that? at the opera? He's got flowers. Oh, at the for opera. Her. Yeah, but prior to that, he wasn't. Then it suddenly it's, flips a switch. It's, no, it's obvious. The fact that he's there and he's hanging around, spending all his time, the vibe is there one hundred percent that that he's interested. She because I think before this sequence, she asked, "Well, did you ever get married?" No, no. I think there's someone for everyone, but you got to find that. But there's a bunch of instances. But then he says, she says, like, do you have anybody special? And he goes, like, yeah, kind of. I guess he's talking about her. Yes! But 100%. What do you mean you guess? But then why is he saying that? Because she's going to interpret that differently. Because she's going to say, oh, you. She's married and she's been talking about how she's interested in Marcello. Yeah, but he just scared her husband out of the house by shooting the chandelier off. And, you know, if he had ever, ever had an opportunity or ever was a time to be like. I mean, I, I know the, it's a romantic comedy. They have to throw obstacles in the way. Yes. But that's I, really I, what the next 20 minutes of this movie was. But then Marcello comes back, and suddenly there's a love triangle. It goes from she's married to, okay, Stallone's chased the husband off, to now here's a love triangle unrelated to the husband. Yeah. So it's like you've got four people involved here. It's just overly complicated. If you want to have a love triangle, she already has a husband, and then you suddenly introduce a love triangle with two totally different men. Well, yeah, I understand he's terrible because, but you didn't have to make him Mar- terrible. Marcello is the villain, so you <laughs> have to make the love triangle between the three of them. Yes, but for most of the movie, the husband seems like the villain. He's so awful. He is, but he's and not in it much. No, he disappears, and then Marcello reappears. It's like you. This could be one character. I mean, it couldn't be like. You didn't need to have it be the... They were married. Yeah, exactly. She didn't have to be married. She didn't have to have a kid. There's no point. Everything with the husband, everything with her son, everything with her, her, uh, her adoptive parents, almost everything that happens in this movie prior to the 60 minute mark does not matter. The plot kicks in at the opera because he's got flowers. He's going to give her flowers. Yeah. And she's like, red roses. Pff, they suck. I don't want those. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But I, I, that's like, that's, I'm not wrong, right? That's like the 60 minute mark. <laughs> it's not. We're, I'm going to cover it now. You know what I went through my head as I watched that when he's like waving off the guy with the flowers? I, I envision maybe it's just because it's primary season here in the United States and election. I envision that, well, I believe I'll vote for a third party candidate. Go ahead. Throw you. And it made me think of Ross Perot just punch, <laughs> sure. punching his fist through his hat. That's what those roses reminded me of. Oh, red roses, those are trash. But here's how incompetent this movie is. Because that's actually the germ of a funny joke. That he's gotten her all these red roses and she's just like, oh, I got one white rose. That's so much better than red roses. <laughs> than a whole box full of red roses. But at, at the core of it, comedy is about surprise. Right? It's like, oh, this is not what I expected it to be, and that's funny. 
He goes on and on to, to the guy who delivers the flowers. All right, here's this big bouquet of roses, and I want you to come in, blah, blah, blah. It telegraphs the joke, whereas if it had been... If we didn't see that scene, they're just in the booth. The, and the guy just shows up and right. starts And she's going, I, I don't like red roses. And then he just kind of comes in. He's just like... Ugh. Yeah, that's funny. That's how you do that joke. This movie is so bad at comedy. We right here, the two of us, in two minutes, we didn't spend time. You know, we, we haven't been laboring over this. In two minutes, we came up with a better version of that joke than this movie did. Okay. Do it like that. You know, the surprise you, of, oh, he had roses ready and he had to shoot them Do we need to rewrite this movie like we've rewritten others? I mean, I don't want to. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't right. care well, enough we, to we, go we, to the trouble. We rewrote that joke. Yes. Very easily. Like, that was not difficult to make okay, that joke well, better. Marcello invites her out on a date. Yes. And she accepts. She does. She goes out on that date. And uh, Frankie does some gardening. <laughs> yes. Which also made me laugh. <laughs> He's got to fill his time with something. He's got to take out his frustrations on, on the side. I, I have so many questions of that montage. I hope you're <laughs> okay. ready to answer some questions. I will try. I'll try. I'm guessing you have like no questions written down. I have some questions, but it's mostly like, what is. I think you answered a lot of my questions as far as like, how, what's the all mob the, story? How the mob connects? Yeah. All, right. all my questions are confusion related. So, okay. yeah, we'll see. So she accepts that date. Actually, we, we've. We skipped ahead. I'm sorry. We skipped ahead because she accepts the date, goes on it, and then he invites her to Sicily, and ultimately she's going to go. Yeah. But in the, actually, what we skipped is the most important part. She avenges Angelo. <laughs> right. We almost forgot the part where the, the title of the movie happens. She does. Because she, she, she gets a call from her son, and for some reason at this point, she goes, oh, my God, if I die, he'll be orphaned, which, A, is not true. Not, he has a father. <laughs> Thank you. That was maybe the most egregious <laughs> example of lazy writing. <laughs> it's really bad. And you know what it reminded me of? Sorry, I'm going to give you another Simpsons. <laughs> what? Dredderick Tatum saying when he's going to box Homer Simpson. <laughs> yes. That he's going to make orphans <laughs> of his children. Uh, you, they have a mother. You know, they have a mother, champ. Yes, but uh, I assume that she would uh, die from grief. So maybe that's what the movie was assuming. <laughs> maybe. That the father would die from grief. <laughs> I mean, Frankie should have pointed that out. You know, he's got a father. Even Frankie forgot. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. No, you're right. <laughs> no, that's, you're, that's one a good... of my favorite Simpsons moments. Uh, no, that you is... know, they have a mother champ. <laughs> no, that is very funny. Uh, yeah, the fact that uh, this movie forgets. Wait, I'm going to give you the whole thing because it just came to me. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, I like, uh, I like Homo. He's a, he's a good fighter, but I am uh, I'm going to make orphans of his children. <laughs> that's, that's how yeah. he leads in. Yeah, I like him. He's a good guy. He's a good fighter, but I'm going to make orphans of his children. He's be a good sportsman about it. You know, <laughs> he's got to be. Uh, All right. So, so yes, you're right. This phone call is how she has some sort of eureka moment, and she decides she's going to go on. She's going to wax because she doesn't know yeah. that it's whack, which is also a terrible That's joke. That's a hilarious joke. Uh, even after he corrects her, and then she forgets again. <laughs> but she's there's been, what, three attempts on her life by this point? There's the so. one she goes shopping and tries to clean up the store of shoes. Because that's a scene. That's a thing that this movie takes up time with. It she's was, like, I'm stressed out. I'm going to go shopping. I mean, that, that's how she's depicted. She's just like this she ditzy is, woman. She is a, I got to go shopping. She is a vapid, vacant person. Without a <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, and all this time, she's perfect example of that is th- it takes three attempts in her life before she goes, oh, my God, I need to be, stay alive for my child. 
<laughs> it, took, it took three of those. And then she miscalculates and says he'll be an orphan <laughs> yes. when he won't. And Frankie forgets, too. That's how this movie feels like. Are you familiar with the term exquisite corpse? No. It's it's a piece of artwork where like you cut a piece of paper in thirds, like you fold a piece of paper, and one person draws the top third and leaves lines to connect, and then the second person can only can't see where the top third is and just has lines to connect and just draws and then you flip and there's there's so three different people having no idea what the big picture and so like the top will be like a, a house. It'll be a house that becomes a duck that becomes like a horse, you know what What's I mean? What's the term? Exquisite Corpse. Exquisite Corpse. Okay. Yes. That's what this movie should have been called, Exquisite Corpse. Angelo is the Exquisite Corpse. This movie is an Exquisite Corpse. It feels like different authors just picked up. They didn't read. Okay, I wrote the first 30 pages. You start at they page did, 31. You're not allowed it. to read the first no, 30 pages. No, it's like they walked into a room. And so the first person, first writer, gets to write whatever they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And so they wrote it to page 30. And literally, you walk into the room, original author takes their materials with them, and you just have a computer that says page 31. Right. And you Maybe you can read page 30 so you know who the characters are. Because whoever, it seems like whoever wrote that line, oh, my son will be an orphan, didn't get to read the pre- previous half of this movie where that. there was a husband character. A husband that's just gone by yeah. the time they started writing. The second half of this movie has no idea that that husband character exists. I mean, and he never not, comes back. He never comes back. It's not just that line. It's that he's not relevant to the story anymore. He's been we, banished I, from honestly, the movie. We have no idea what happens because by the end, he threatens the, the sewer like a divorce. It's going to be a nasty divorce, I would assume. Right, and the two of them are now in Italy. Like uh, Frankie, it, they they have a kid together. Right. We have no idea what happened to that Kip. It was a perfect name for that guy, though. Kip was a good name. That was the husband's name. Yeah, it was okay, Kip. I didn't pick up on. It. Yeah. yeah, she gets married again. <laughs> In that sequence where she avenges Angelo in the five oh, minutes of this movie. That's right. I forgot. She, she gets married again. Yeah, she gets married to my Maltesa. boss who didn't actually... Maltessa. Maltessa, yes, yes. Who was not actually responsible. So she killed that guy for no reason. I uh, assume he's a bad guy, but, you know, she didn't need to kill that guy. He had nothing to do with she Angelo's did. death. She, But she did. She, but she did. She she avenged, was, in her mind, she avenged Angelo. Yes, but she didn't actually. Frankie avenged Angelo by killing... Bruno. Yeah. Uh, and Marcello. Yeah, Marcello, both of them. Yeah, because Bruno is the hitman that we haven't really talked about. Yeah. Uh, Bruno Jr., actually, because his father is the one who did the hit back in, like, the 1970s or whatever, and then Bruno carries out the hit on Angelo at the beginning of the movie. Oh, I missed Bruno that detail. Yeah. So he could clear this whole thing up with Marcello if he wanted to, but he doesn't want to. Who could clear it up? Bruno Jr., or does he not know that his dad is the one who framed Angelo for the killing of He whoever? does know, and Bruno Ju- and Marcello hires Bruno Jr. to then do the job. Right, but Marcello thinks that Angelo did the job, but... Oh, he doesn't care. He's just in it to make money. There's nothing... There's Bruno? No, yeah, there's no... Bruno Jr., he is, he's just in it to make money. He doesn't okay. care. But, okay, but I mean, the point being that... He could. He could say that it really wasn't Angelo, so right. there's nothing... There's nothing to avenge. He's covering for his dad, presumably. Yeah. Who we never meet, I guess. I don't even remember if we do. You get it at the. You get it in the flashback Just the scene. Flashback. Yeah, that's it. Um, he's, is he the one who says "nice hit"? Because I think that was the one joke that I kind of smiled at. Uh, yeah, I think so. He yeah. kills the guy in a driving range and goes, "nice hit." Yeah, you're right. It, that's if, actually if we were doing the bad puns of yes, machine guns. That's a decent pun. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger could have pulled off that pun. <laughs> nice, you know, hit. nice hit. I'm killing a guy in a driving range. <laughs> nice hit. <laughs> Uh, so he could have cleared it up. He didn't. Right. And but speaking in- of puns, uh, Stallone has a pun when he kills Bruno Jr. Have you ever read this book? No, I don't read that. You should. It's a killer. 
Shoots him through the book. I do have a problem with the continuity because Stallone's hand is clearly at the side of the book and not behind it, oh, holding a it? gun. And then all of a sudden, there's a gun behind it going off. Okay, that's the least of my problems with this movie. But uh, uh, So in the end, you're right. He could have cleared it up, didn't. But Stallone kills both. He really is the one who avenges Angelo because he kills Bruno Jr., who ultimately assassinated well, Angelo. no, I thought Bruno Sr. Oh, Bruno Jr. assassinated Angelo. Angelo. Yeah, so Angelo is avenged by Stallone in the end. By but Frank. no one gets a vengeance on Bruno Sr., who is actually responsible for this whole mess. No. Bruno Sr. carried out the hit, but at the behest of... He was hired by Maltesa. It was framed to make Angelo look like it. Okay. So in the end... She, okay, okay, okay. In okay. the end, Jen Jen really did kind of avenge because Maltesa is who put... The pieces right. in motion for yeah, it. Yeah, all right, all right. But in so reality, Maltesa, in, in reality, not, reality, the one who actually carried out the hit okay. is Bruno Jr. It's unnecessarily complicated, although I will, I will admit that I don't care. <laughs> so Maltesa is responsible for framing Angelo, but not for killing Angelo. Correct. I have that correct? Okay. That is correct, okay. because Marcello hires Bruno Jr., to kill Angelo. So it's this like paper, scissors, rock situation where Marcello framed Angelo for killing the third guy whose name I forgot. And then the son of the third guy is trying Car- to kill... Carboni. Carboni, okay. Yeah. And his son is trying to kill Angelo's daughter for this thing that Angelo killed Maltesa for. It really is like paper, scissors, rock. These three mob it might bosses be the, it might are be all the, killing each other the for transit, the wrong... Is it the transitive property that everybody replaces one another? I guess you're right. At this point, it doesn't matter. They're all killing each other for the wrong thing, but they're all guilty of something. Yes. So it's like they just so kill each other. It so doesn't matter the, yeah, so who's the, killing who, who cares. In the end, it should be like the end of Reservoir Dogs, where everybody just points their guns at one another and everybody dies. Sure, I guess. Except... Mr. Pink, Frankie, I think Frankie should get away. Frankie and Jennifer are the Mr. Pink of this yes, movie. Where they, they are the ones who get away. Yeah. Until some other son of you know Bruno Sr., who maybe is still alive, will decide to take vengeance on them for killing Bruno Jr. It could be. This thing could go on forever. There's a point in this movie where she's like, I'm, I'm safe now, right? I killed Marcello. Things are, things are okay. And he kind of he goes like, no, you're not safe. But I assumed that was just so he she could hang around. She didn't kill Marcello. She called Maltesa. But, Maltesa. Uh, yeah. Okay, yes, I'm getting the two names. Yeah, and then she decides to go to Sicily with Marcello, and that's ultimately the big mistake. And it's revealed because Stallone is reading one of Marcello's books and realizes, oh, this guy isn't who he says he is. And he hops on a plane and somehow finds them in Sicily. I have a question about that later, so maybe well, we should get save there. that. So. That basically is the plot. They live happily ever after. They, have a, they build a family in Italy. Yes, with three very creepy old Italian women like hovering over their child. That was that weirded me out. I don't know why. Maybe it was because I was in such a bad mood from this movie. But I kind of missed that. The last shot is she's holding their newborn baby. And yeah. He's cooking or whatever, and she's like, "Come, come, forget your job. Come hang out with me or whatever." And there's just these three old women just, hey, just like hovering over their. She's holding the baby, and they're just like pawing at it weirdly. Oh, I like, did not a know. Child, it was very strange. <laughs> Precious. It had that vibe. So I, I just it jumped out of me as very strange. But anyway. All right, you ready to move on to the next segment? Uh, I am. I don't have anything for it, but right. let's do it. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? This is the segment where we discuss how changes in technology might have impacted the plot or other key moments in the movie. Spoilers, I don't have a silk cause art either. <laughs> I hated this movie. I didn't want to put in the effort. Sorry. I know it's been like five weeks since we recorded an episode. It was not enough time for me to put in the effort. I just really hated this movie and didn't want to be bothered. I'm sorry. I'm not doing my due diligence, but 
what are you going to do? It's better to record it and just get it over with than just... This whole thing is coming apart. Well, I only had one, so I will... Well, let me explain. I I will say my justification for not having anything in the segment is I thought that this movie was so logicless in general that, like, you can't... How would this movie be different? This is one of those situations where I don't know how it is now. It's not... Well, okay, but it it is also not just plot, but it's also just scenes, things that might have changed. Okay. It's fine that you... I only really have one. Okay. Well, I have one. Now that I think about it, I have one. Oh, all right. Well, then go ahead, because it might be the same one. Well, they watch the DVD player. That's the only, my only thing of, like... It, it's along the, the same lines. I said sex tapes are more likely to be made with a phone rather than a camcorder. I it forgot probably... that her husband was making a sex tape with the, the, the woman. Yeah, she's making a sex tape. I forgot actually, they were filming the it. The opening scene with them coming home, there's a package from JVC, I think I have my notes later. JVC, which is clearly the camcorder okay. uh, that they're then using. I said it would be made today with a phone and probably live-streamed. It would not be put on a DVD. Well, it depends on what they want to use it for. If it's for private use, they wouldn't be live streaming. I assume that's, okay, that's then, why. Then it would be somewhere up on the cloud. It would not be on a DVD. Uh, you never, maybe trying to be extra careful. They don't want, uh, you know, maybe they, they hey, turned off. you didn't put any effort into this, so don't start <laughs> trying to pick apart mine. No, I just, I forgot that that was a thing where they were, they were filming yeah. uh, their, their pool dalliance. And, and they're playing That's the Way, Uh-huh, Uh-huh, I Like It, uh, blasting over the stereo. What a music choice. Of all the songs to choose, that's Wait the way. Uh-huh, if you're uh-huh. making a sex tape, why is that a bad choice? Well, certainly, if you wanted to post that on some kind of website, if you wanted to porn hub it up, that would get taken down for a copyright violation. You've got to be careful about that. You can't just blast that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it on your sex tape. <laughs> expect to get away with Do that? Do you think that it does... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Pornhub I was just gonna <laughs> polices say, that. They're policing of that. Probably. I don't know. That's a that's a real business. Like they gotta, it is they, a real business. They've got to they've got to comply with the copyright right. uh, law. That's re- the only other thing I had was kind of tied to the same thing of the DVD. There would no be no need for a DVD player to watch no. Angelo's videos. Well, but maybe you know Angelo and or Frankie would not be tech savvy enough to be able to put it on a, on a Fire Stick or something, some Today, kind of USB yes, drive. They would. Probably, yeah, probably. Because if they were doing DVD back then, today it would be the same thing. That's I didn't think about that. That Frankie was savvy enough in 2002 to burn this video to a DVD. That wasn't easy back then. Yeah, not, in 2002 DVDs were still pretty new. Yeah. So, so hey, credit to Frankie for being you know hey, savvy. Frankie enough to is do the it. best part of this movie. Frankie's got a lot going for him. He does. He's very busy. He's got to watch every moment of Jennifer's life, and he's got every time. Breath you take. That's yes. what I was thinking of. I mean, oh boy, it's so creepy when you think about it. But whatever. All right, you ready for the little details? Sure. That cardboard headstone tipped over. This graveyard is obviously phony. All right, little details. The segment of the show where we discuss minutia that we found interesting or noteworthy in the movie. Well, I want to start, because speaking of every breath you take and his stalking, I want to talk about the photos in the opening montage. Well, I want to talk about it, too. <laughs> I thought so. There's, there's a couple. You, you see one or two more over the course of the movie, but first of all, these Photoshops, boy, oh, boy. You know what speaking it of tech me of, savvy. It reminded me of your complaint about I think it was the newspapers in Bullet to the Head that you just said the the post they were just terribly put together. That's what these Photoshop pictures reminded me. But of. that stuff that only only a weirdo like me who pauses on that stuff would notice. This, this is very prominent. I mean, this is a full on opening credit sequence. You know, nothing is happening. It's just credits and photos. Yep. And some of them are kind of cool. It's nice to see like young, you know, Anthony very, Quinn and yeah, yeah, Anthony Quinn being uh, as a young man, but also just like some young photos of Stallone oh, with like. Yeah. Big wire rim glasses. It's like, I, I didn't even know Stallone wore glasses unless I was like for a role or something. But then it transitions from real photos of these actors. You know, they just probably ask the actors, hey, send us some photos of yourself as a young person. 
Transitions to the fakest looking photos. Please tell me you've got the same one I've got. <laughs> the one over the fence? Yes! <laughs> of course. That's like, what's amazing. It's like home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most... <laughs> It's the most ridiculous thing. This is the opening moment of this movie. This is the foot that the movie is putting forward. Is this photograph of <laughs> this photoshopped photograph of Madeline Stowe in the foreground fence? It's, it's like it's like almost abstract. There's no like you can't see the surroundings. Who took this photo? Take this photo of me in front of this fence. I need to document <laughs> me in front of this fence. And then Frankie, who is the worst at hiding. <laughs> Is poking his head over the top. Every single photo. <laughs> See, this is why this is worth it. This movie is ridiculous. Like that's, that's the thing is, this, I'm watching, going like, are they for real? Is this is this the joke or not? And I don't think it is. I, I don't think it, it's photograph. <laughs> it's not like this is airplane and this is part of the comedy. That no, they're serious about this. This is this is supposed to be. Oh, this is documentation. That's and, why it's so funny. To me. And but second of all. Anthony Quid made it very clear you have to keep your distance. It's like a plot point. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I, if, if we were doing, because I was reminded on our last episode or that we recorded that I miserably failed on the oh uh, the rules in the crisis rules in the crisis situation. The, uh, uh, con- there were a few contenders in this movie, but keep your distance was going to be among them. But so. he never keeps his distance. In every photograph, <laughs> he is three feet from Madeline Stowe. I mean, he is. How how did she not notice him ever? He's constantly well, tailing her. He's in every photograph that she has ever taken. How did she not go like, who's this guy who's in every photo that I own? Just some guy like creepily standing behind me in every photo. I'm what, sorry. Facing the camera every time, just like it's me, Frankie. That fence is amazing. <laughs> it's really, really terrible. I mean, it is funny, but in a good way. You know, it's, it's terrible. It's funny. It's hilariously bad. That's the thing. It's funny watching this because we were supposed to be covering uh, No Place to Hide. And I watched that and I was expecting like terribly made, low quality. Like I was expecting stuff like this in No Place to Hide. That movie, $17 million. $17 million and has stuff like that. No Place to Hide was made for like probably $20,000. Didn't have uh, nonsense like that. Oh, all right. We've got to move on, but uh, honestly, that was number one, and it, I <laughs> the fence. It's, it's just that's all I can think of. Is why you, are you, you taking this picture? You notice more things like that 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 are you know bad Photoshop or you know post production that aren't put together. Yes, it was so bad that I noticed it, and I nearly pissed my pants. It's on screen for like eight seconds. <laughs> I, you don't have to freeze frame. You don't have to pause the movie. But it's, the picture itself. Why is this a picture somebody would take and frame? No. That's another thing that I love about it. Why would you take that picture? There's no, there's nothing in the background but a fence. <laughs> and Frankie behind that fence. And Sky. That's it. <laughs> Where is this photo? Why? And, and presumably, th- I mean, all these pictures we're seeing floating past the camera are framed. Someone framed that photo and put it up somewhere. <laughs> that's what I just said. <laughs> They're all beautifully framed. What is somebody said that's Freeman? That that's a keeper. How did how is nobody noticing Frankie? The most prominent thing in that photo is Frankie. <laughs> you know, him peeking his head out. I guess he's got to keep an eye on her, and in order to keep his eye on her, he's got to keep his head above All that right, fence. I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, even though you didn't ask a question. Okay, feel free. Maybe to get paid by Angelo, he needed, like, proof that he was actually sure. watching. <laughs> Maybe. So, so he paid some guy, hey, I'm going to peek over this fence. Make right. sure you get it very clear that I'm prominently watching he's her. He's paid by the photo. Make sure you get, get me in every photo so I can prove to Angelo that I'm doing my job. 
Oh man! All right, come on. We got. I, I, I wish I could remember the, the name of the guy from Home Improvement, the neighbor in Home Improvement. Wilson. Wilson. Yes. yes thank you. That's all I can think. You of. know how I can remember that? How's that? The Simpsons. Uh, well, let's find out what's popular on <laughs> right. television or TV. Hey, Wilson! I just souped up my lawnmower. Right. <laughs> oh God! I just killed Wilson. Well, guess it's back to jail for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's also the Married with Children parody, right? Uh, Man, well, let's have sex. Uh, uh, no, pig. <laughs> Studio audience <laughs> That's not too far off from the truth. Home improvement, <laughs> they did. They did kind of, uh, you know, at no point did Tim ever kill Wilson. No, didn't. <laughs> Married with Children. It's basically a scene from Married with Children. Yes. All right. So my next note on the little details we've already covered, but I just, it, it's, so we lead off with that picture, which had me almost on the ground. And then to the next scene, to me, this is what made it worth. It has him in full, Anthony Quinn, in full last action hero yeah, mode. I like Frankie. Anthony Quinn. He is, I mean, to hear him say Frankie one more time <laughs> made it worthwhile. What does it say? I'm a bad guy. <laughs> say, I'm a bad guy. I just needed him to say, Tony Vivaldi is number one. But you understand that the only reason you like this performance it's is because it's piggybacking yes. off of his performance in Last Action Hero. If, if I had never this is not actually a good performance. It's not. And if I had never seen Last Action Hero, you're right. Yeah. I, the, whatever redeeming qualities I'm trying to defend this movie that I didn't hate it the way you did is only because it reminds me of something that I love. Yeah. And, that, and so I know it wasn't intended, but for me, that's the reason why I got more enjoyment out of it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I just, uh, it wasn't enough for me to overcome. Because, again... He doesn't say anything funny or entertaining, like Tony Vivaldi is number one. He goes, I mean, it's a plot point where he talks about never trust the man who is in pain and wants to let you know he's in pain or whatever. Like, did, I don't even know what he's talking about. I think he, I do like the la- last uh, last words he's got, though. Try the clams. I, I don't know if it's the delicious. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think, like most jokes in this movie, it needed a setup. It needed, because if, if it was like the whole scene is like, you know, Angela, I need to talk to you about uh, something. And he's like, no, 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 try, try the veal. It's really good. If he, if, if it's like he can't stop talking about no matter what Frankie's it, bringing up. The only Angela just only wants to talk about the food, and then it's like, you got any final words? Yeah, try the clams. Okay, at least there's a setup to the joke. It, it comes out of nowhere, and it's see, just like arbitrary. I'm not sure if it was intended to be a joke. I just like that the you know as a mob boss that that that's what he decided is that he's going to say is that you know his last meal was great. But what could have been smarter about it if it was actually well written is that if you didn't have where Frankie comes on the scene and ultimately sees that it's Bruno and almost gets shot by him, right. it would have been a good way to have... He does An- get shot by him, doesn't he? He does. He does. What yeah. I'm saying, though, is it would have been good to have it be a way for Angelo to have actually revealed to Frankie who ultimately, like, the hit was. Is that if, if he would have... If it would have been set up somewhere that it was like a, a code or something that for, for him to say the, you know, that... Uh, Try the clams, kid, or something like that. It could have been a smarter way if it was going to be like a reveal. And who? It's not. That's not oh. what this movie is. But it could have been a good way for Anthony Quinn to to tell Stallone something from beyond the grave. Ultimately, yeah. that wasn't the choice, but it could have been. Okay, I can see some version where that works. But then yeah. who who says? How does he find out later? Someone says, "Oh, your Angela's last words were try the clams." How does that tell? Frankie? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't written it. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're going. Th- with there's that. a way to have used, you know, try the clams to have something that it has more meaning that literally it happened to be the last meal that he had. Yeah, but in this case, it's just a joke. Yeah, and a joke that doesn't really land for me. All right, I mean, it's it's not terrible. I didn't hate it. 
It's also not that punchy. He's like, try the clams. They're excellent. So like, just stop it. Try the clams. Yeah, you're right. Jokes should be punchy. That's why they're called punchlines. Right. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. No, it's not, not as good not as I saying, wanted it to be. I wanted to like allowed, Anthony Quinn. No, I'm not saying you're not allowed to like it. All I'm right. just saying here's why I didn't like it. So here's, here's another one that I want to explain. Or I need explained. It's not really a question. But so when Kip, when they're oh, when the husband and wife when Kip and Jennifer are arguing in the house, she complains and calls him Mister Missionary. What? <laughs> so th- okay, I guess because she's jealous that he is being more adventurous with this other woman. Isn't that the thing? I guess, but that's his choice. No wonder why he's not interested. That's what he's choosing. He has a wife that is interested in more than being Mr. Missionary, and he's saying, I'm not interested? That was totally confusing to me. Okay. Uh, So if she's more adventurous and he's saying no, then he's the one who's to blame, in my view. If he's he's complaining about his wife... Maybe she's not asking. Maybe she's not, uh, you know... Maybe. Maybe maybe she's just... Letting him uh, drive the thing and... and, and, uh, Could be. She's not speaking up. Maybe. That's that's kind of how I assumed. I I, I, I I don't know. Their marriage seems awful in a million ways. Like that seems like the least of their problems. I guess if you've got someone climbing out of a roof to try and grab at an airplane, nothing's gonna yeah. really make sense. That's how she's introduced. Boy, that introduction because uh, Anthony Quinn and Frankie are following her, just keeping tabs on her. And Anthony Quinn's like, "Look at her. He's driving her crazy." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, later we find out that he's awful." But at this point, I'm going like, "She just seems crazy to me." Like, yeah. this movie isn't really introducing her in a good light. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Nor does it, it continues to portray her in a, a terrible light. She's just, she just seems like she's nuts for most sure. of this movie. All right, what, what, what's your next one? All right, I want to talk about, there's a shot that drove me crazy. This is just a filmmaking thing, but um, she goes to her country club or whatever, and there's like, one of the woman who is, is sleeping with her husband is there, but there's like a group of women. Yes. And they're like, oh, here comes trouble or whatever. We see her come in. There's a shot of her coming into the country club. Then they cut to a big wide shot of the room, and there's dialogue happening, and it just drove me crazy where I was, it was like, where's Waldo? I'm going like, who's talking? Where are they in the frame? I don't think any of the actors are actually in the shot. It was just a big wide shot, holds for like 10 seconds, and then it's just like, oh, you know, I forget what she's saying. Oh, she's crying about uh, her son going off to military school. She's like, I can't take it. Um, he's out to military school. And I'm going like, I have no idea where these people are in this shot. And I didn't notice that. It, it like weirdly, like really bothered me. Okay. It was just this, because if it, it's one thing if it was, it was the establishing shot, but it's not. We see her enter, then cut to a wide shot. I'm going, I'm expecting to see her in this shot, enter the shot, and she never does. All right. <laughs> it just, it was, That's fair. editorially, it just was just. Drove you insane. It, yeah, it was, like, it was like a splinter in my mind, I suppose you could say. <laughs> All right. Well, here's one that I had a hard time accepting. You, you talked about how she's just recklessly driving. I had a real problem with a peel-out. That house has a tennis court, is a very opulent house. There is no way there is a gravel driveway in a house like <laughs> oh, yeah, that. I didn't notice that. That just infuriated me. Could, no way. No. I, no, no I'm I'll, not I'll, accepting I, any <laughs> devil's I don't even like this. this movie. I'm not trying to defend the movie, but... I, I can see if it's a big estate with a very, very long driveway, they don't want to pay to pave this whole driveway. No, no because the gravel is literally by the garage. Is it? Yes. Because like, she's peeling out and the dust is hitting Frankie okay, in the face. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. no. There's, it it yeah. must have been like the location they chose for sure. whatever reason. It's probably a house still under construction. It probably was to yeah. save money. It drive, that drove me crazy. I didn't even notice that. So right. It's just funny how the, what different things drive us crazy. All right, what else I was driven got? crazy by editing, and you were driven crazy by gravel. Um, 
Oh, okay. We d- I just want to mention this moment. I don't really have any comment on it other than just I found it uh, strange where it's like Frankie's just he's been shot and he stretches himself up. That, that's very early, right when he goes yeah. goes to her house with the DVD, but not in a cool way, not in a cool Rambo way. No, and, not at all. Um, he's just like, uh, he's, and he goes, "I'm a little goofy from the loss of blood, so I'm really sorry if I say anything out of line. I've, I'd like to apologize." Great breasts, just <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> he doesn't even he does, finish the sentence. Uh, well, he, he says he preemptively apologizes. Then before he can finish the sentence of a, uh, apology, but he, he doesn't say great. He says they're like champagne glasses. Oh, yeah, he follows up saying, "Oh, they're like champagne glasses." Yeah. I'm not, I just found that very off-putting and strange. Just like, what is what, see, what is his character? He's it, very polite, and then he just blurts out, "Great breasts." <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Why? What kind of a person would apologize and then bef- not even finishing the apology? Because I think what he's trying to establish is that he has feelings for her and desire for her early on, and it's trying to say that after a few shots of Jack oh, Daniels okay. and stitching himself up, I think it's terrible. Okay, but I, that's I, what I think it's trying to accomplish. I can accept that. That does make a certain amount of sense. He he knows himself enough to know that he's woozy and he's worried that his like his hidden thoughts yes. are going to come out. Okay, okay, I think it's terribly written, but God, there's so many Simpsons coming out here. <laughs> Nonsense, Krusty, you look ten years younger. Plus, I did your breasts. Hear anybody complaining about the breasts? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what her line should have been. Hear anybody complaining <laughs> about the breasts? Nonsense, Krusty. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let, let me get into something now that really did bother me. Let, okay. let's, let's talk about that sequence with her adoptive parents. The entire thing shouldn't be in the movie because it's so poorly written. Yeah. It really doesn't make sense. On multiple levels. But it, I don't have, and I should have here, which character says it, whether it's Frankie or it's Jennifer. But the line actually says, not your real parents. Yeah, You're, it's, it's uh, bad. We, we've covered it probably on previous episodes, but... It's been you know, a while. I think we talked about it on Twins, which was like our yeah, second episode. Well, yeah, it's been, second it's been years, episode, and years and years and years ago. But it really hits close to home for, for both of us. You're, you're an adoptee, and I'm an adoptive parent. Yeah. And look, I don't want to just take you know, our, my personal you know, life stuff and extrapolate out too far when making a teaching moment. But it's clear the writers of this, and I'm sure there are plenty of things that you and I don't pick up on because they don't impact our lives. And you know, maybe people that are part of... Um, you know, the gay community would say the same thing about com- that we're not covering it appropriately, but I can say outright, not your real parents should not enter into the conversation. Uh, t- you know, there are birth parents and there are adoptive parents. And I'll, I'll let you get your two cents in yeah, here. Go ahead. I- I'm going to hammer this, though. It is absolutely her real parents. Yeah, 100% her real parents. That's not to say birth parents in some families and in ours have a role. It's not that way for everybody. There's that terminology for a reason. But to say not your real parents, no way, no how. And she repeats it near the end of the movie where she's like, oh, I lied to you about who I am. I'm not really Jennifer or whatever her adoptive last name is. I forget. I'm really Jennifer Allegheny. It's like, you're, no. That's, the, the fact that she, she parrots it at the end and yeah. says, no, they're not my parents. They're not my real parents. No, I, I fully agree, obviously. I mean, I think for the two of us, that seems obvious. This is one of those things. This is kind of what I was getting at earlier. I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt. And I think in this case, it's just ignorance it's it just the screenwriters not knowing any better and thinking you know most people only have their biological parents yeah. and that's all they know and they don't have no clue what it's like to have anything other than that and so they assume well biological parents are Is real parents re- and real, yeah right. and that's that's just their point of view i don't assume any malice in that case although i agree it's really bad 
I, really bad. It's probably not malice, but I guess I wanted to point it out. No, and it's it, definitely. I would have pointed it out if you hadn't because, be, it's because definitely it, it takes wrong. it. And what annoys me, maybe even more, is it takes it to the next because it's one thing. Because I think it. I think it comes from Jennifer. I think that line comes from her, and whatever. She's already a character that's not very well put together, right? But then it's repeated when her adoptive father says, "The only thing I gave to you." Meaning, I didn't give you genetics. Like, genetics matters of who the person you are more than anything. There are many things I do actually believe that genetics, that nurture does not override. Not just in, like, if you have a heart condition. I do think there are some personality things. I I really do think that you inherit. I I totally agree. But here's the thing. To say I didn't give you anything other than, you know, I think I have it here. Hold on. His ridiculous heart. No! You gave her... You were her father. You know, for whatever, better or worse, I have no idea. Based on how she's portrayed, I'm not sure you did a very good job. (laughs) Well, but that doesn't matter. Right, but what I'm saying is that that is not the only thing you gave is your ridiculous heart. You were her father. He should not say that. They're depicted as terrible parents, but they're still her parents. Yes. There's no... And, and the, the movie writes them as if there's no history. Like, they are almost... Right. She She calls them mom and dad, but, like, they don't interact in a way that... It doesn't have a parent-child dynamic the way they talk to each other. I mean, this is just... I mean, the whole movie's badly written, so, I mean, this is not... It shouldn't be surprising. Everyone acts like... this. I mean, in every scene, everyone's acting like an alien trying to <laughs> copy human behavior. So this isn't the only scene where this is the case. But, yeah, it just the way this movie depicts this whole thing. And, and you know, obviously there's the other aspect of Oh, it's followed this. up and made worse by the next sequence. That's the thing, is it goes from... Ignorance about adoption to homophobia, so it just it doubles down and makes the situation worse. Yeah, and I think this is the kind of the point of the movie where I kind of checked out for both reasons. I can understand. It's just like yeah, you know, and understand. obviously the one the, the adoption thing is is personal, and I th- I feel like that's the less severe of the two. Let's talk about the next scene because I mean I, I want to hear how. See, I, I don't remember anything the adoption angle because she she she's calling her son and she's talking to her son at military academy. Yeah. And she's babbling on about genetics. I remember that part of it, but I don't yes. really remember how how this. Like, she's, why, why does this make the adoption a- angle of this worse? I just don't remember. I think uh, in terms of the next, uh, it's more of just it's as if genetics and birth parents lineage is all that ultimately matters. But again, it doesn't because. And it sounds like it's for the worse because her adoptive parents, I don't think, were necessarily good example and good parents. No. But the point is, is that you, you can't just like throw all that out and now all of a sudden genetics matter, right? But here's the thing. You're not genetically related yeah. to your... So it's what it's made it's worse is that it's confused. It's like, what do you... What, do, you do you think that you're adopted? I, it, it just... It, it no, makes no sense on any it's level. It's nonsensical. It's she's babbling about genetics, like, oh, so, you know, people, people inherit things, and da-da-da, and then... Right, but... The, but you think... <laughs> here's, the, here's the most galling part of it. I think I'm more offended from a screenwriting point of view than I am from, like, an adoption point of view. Because at the end of the day, this needs to be the moment where she's coming to terms... Because, you know, I, I don't know what this is. This part of it is like to have been lied to. Yeah, to be been told, you are our, our biological child, and then to, to learn yeah. at whatever age she is that she was actually adopted. I don't know what that's like, and that's... That's what this is about, is her... It's what it should be about, is her coming to terms with that. But in the end, it's about her freaking out about her dad being gay. Yes. And that's what the scene is about. Make, so from a... Sto- forget, it's not this is logical problematic at all. on two different fronts. 
But on the third front, it's problematic in the fact that she need, story-wise, she needs to be dealing with you know, her adoption, the, the, you know, this revelation about her identity. And in the end, she's freaking out. And she's, she says, like, how are the showers? Like, as if right. she's worried that her son is going to be gay. That's, I mean, that's the part that, you know, the prior scene where her dad's like, yes, I'm sleeping with my you know, tennis instructor or whatever it is. Racquetball, I think. Racquetball, okay. And it's like, it's supposed to be this wacky stuff. And it's like, obviously, like... You know, the joke is supposed to be that he's sleeping with a man. Isn't that crazy? Which is, I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily call it homophobia, but it's close. It's the ballpark. But her freaking out and saying, right. well, I, I better make sure my son's not gay. That's, that is way, way beyond yeah, the no, point. No, it is. The scene is so confusing that I, that scene with her talking to her son, I don't even work. I'm not thinking about the adoption thing because it's like, what does that have to do with what she's talking about here? I don't even know what she's talking about. Oh, you know, genetics are important and da, da, da. It's like. Her adoptive father. I think what I think what my issue was is that she's making a leap that doesn't make any sense because she's saying how important genetics are, but she's not actually genetic related to her adoptive father. <laughs> and it's well, not she's going something down, that is genetically right. uh, related to genetics anyway. But I think where I got offended is maybe like in his adoptive parent is just like throw out and just say, oh my, you know, her. It's I don't know if it's her, but whatever. The writers moving to this homophobic. Oh, I I think so. You know that gay genetics you know may have been passed on it doesn't make sense because they're not genetically related <laughs> right let's throw that out but it's also saying that like oh n- genetics matter more than anything don't worry about any- oh i see what you're saying basically yeah. adoptive parents don't matter is kind of what i was reading and maybe that's just me reading into no, it no 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 yeah but she totally freaks out and it's like well and again i've also of the camp that i don't think that my nurture can teach everything yeah, and that there aren't something, but what, it kind of is like it's invalidating all that. None of that stuff matters. It was like, well, it's great to know I don't matter. Thanks. Well, but I, th- I think that is this movie's point of view: is that her adoptive parents don't matter. Yes, that they're just some idiots who raised her. Yeah, you know, to hell with them. They can go to hell because <laughs> they're out of the movie too. They disappear from the movie. They're totally gone. They're, they're her parents. The old- they are her parents. Period. So, I mean, she's she's gone to Italy. Don't you think that they would care? Well, you know, <laughs> right. Like all this stuff. They, I mean, they they are portrayed as equally flighty and kind of self involved in the same way that she is. Here's so the thing. maybe that's what it's it is. hard for me to defend because I don't think they were very good parents. No, no. So if she but completely bailed on them, I could actually understand. But they have another grandchild. It had to be addressed. If one thing, if she was just like. You know, you two are nuts. You've always been nuts. Yeah, I'm out of here. I, this know, is now my excuse. You, you, I've, exactly. I, you've this, been lying to me my whole yeah, life. You've been lying to me. I'm I, cutting you off. I'm yeah, out of my life. I, I actually, I could buy that. Like, I do buy that. I'm not sure they were very good adoptive parents. Right. Now, here's the other thing, too. Here's the thing that I will say to defend, like, my process. I went through an adoption agency. Angelo just went and picked somebody, so maybe his vetting process was part of the problem. And, and these are two people who took cash to take this child, <laughs> yes, which is, you he know. Had the, line, the money was endlessly spectacular. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real bad, too. So, like, but, on so many fronts, whatever. I, I would be okay with it, but you're right. They, she needs to address it like, this is my chance to get out. And then the ending doesn't offend me because they're in Italy with the two grandchildren. She's already basically burned that bridge since she wanted nothing to do with them because yeah. they were bad parents. Fine. Case closed. End of story. I'm not offended. But the movie depicts it as, well, now that the cat's out of the bag... We can just treat each other as the strangers that we really are, which is not at all the, the way That's not how that relationship works. It's no. not at all. She literally would have spent from birth. I mean, at, yes, these, <laughs> these people are her parents. They raised her. All the way into whatever age she is. Yes. For, uh, some of those pictures not up for at debate. the opening montage with, with Frankie <laughs> living yeah. over the, the fence, they could have been the one taking the picture. Absolutely. 
Absolutely <laughs> correct. Because the thing is, they know Frankie. Right. Well, so yeah, they would they, have been creeped out with the guy peeking his head over the fence because he knew Frankie. Yeah, they've known the score all the time. They know. Right. They probably know that Frankie is. Oh, not probably. Her father said, you know, when well, yeah, he, hey Frankie. When, yeah, yeah, he says, hey Frankie, and you always notice the little details, and I always appreciate that about you. Yeah. So whatever. Well, we'll we'll move that aside. Yeah, whatever is right. It is maybe the most problematic scene in a movie I've ever seen because it's it, so on so many fronts. It is. And the on funny thing is front on top of everything else. If you get rid of it, it doesn't impact anything. That's what doesn't make sense to me. You could easily get rid of it and it wouldn't matter. It could have been a, two lines of dialogue. Like <laughs> <laughs> I invented the whatever device. No, but it could, it could have been her, her uh, cut, on the phone. Cut to her hanging up the phone. I just talked to my, my parents and they told me the truth. that Yes. Right. You know, a- Angelo sold me to them. Yes. And, and funded our lifestyle yeah. all this time. And then you could be like, are you all right? And like, yeah, I'll deal with it. Or and that's there, done. Hand wave it away. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be the right way to handle what actually in a revelation like that would be for an adoptee. But whatever. I mean, if that's not going to be a focal point of the story, you're probably right. Wash your hands and just you're not going to address that. She could have been an orphan. They wouldn't have had to, have to deal with it. They could have made her parents have well, passed away years ago. The screenwriters don't understand what actually being an orphan means, as we've already established. That's true, yes. Because that's they a very think good point. if the mother dies, but a father is still alive. <laughs> that's a very good point. That you're an orphan. But ha- have the parents had the adoptive parents pass away years ago that way you don't have to deal with it you could do that too you're you right. know or or yeah just a million ways to deal with it that doesn't create this unnecessary cul-de-sac of just we're spending time on this thing that is making this movie worse and problematic and just oh it's it's the worst scene can, ever. can we can we cover now another one that i have that makes no sense sure all right so we are at the funeral for um yeah for Angela. Angela. She goes to the funeral. She this goes to the funeral she's with never Frankie, met. For the man she's never met. Here's what makes no sense to me. People at the funeral dislike her. I know. And it's explained. They think you're his mistress. Angelo didn't have a wife. <laughs> you're right. I mean, he did. His wife at had died. Point, she died. Right, she died. Well, and maybe no, we don't know. Maybe no. I mean, I, you would think the movie would tell us if the that The movie happened. would have told. I yeah, am yeah. going to make that leap, okay? Yeah, you're right. Angelo, because Frankie, did, Frankie would have said something. Frankie would have had to protect the wife or done something with the wife. Absolutely, right? it's the exquisite corpse again. The screenwriter who wrote this page didn't, didn't see. They didn't know the way Angelo's wife died. Thank you, but you, I, uh, I'm right did, on this, right? You're right. It didn't occur to me at all. <laughs> I was fully checked out I by the funeral. I was so furious. I'm like, he doesn't have a wife. You're absolutely right. What would they care? It's not a mistress. It's a girlfriend. <laughs> yes, but and also, they wouldn't be furious because he doesn't have a wife. His wife died like 40 years ago. But also, don't they know? I guess only uh, Marcello knows who she actually is at this point, and he's been the one sending hitmen. But yes. why is she risking it? She thinks that the mob bosses are sending hitmen to kill her. Why is she there showing her face? And then why does she think later when she seduces the uh, guy Maltessa. and, and, and Maltessa and marries him, <laughs> marries him to death? Why does she think, if she thinks that they're the ones she sending hitmen to kill her, why does she think she can pull this off and have them not recognize that, her? That I don't know. <laughs> that does not make any sense. No. But it makes more sense. Nothing s- makes it, sense it in this movie. It makes more sense than the explanation of, well, I don't know why people even need to look at her crooked-eyed anyway. You don't need to. But why do people assume that? She's just a woman at a funeral. Right. And But the mistress part makes no sense because he didn't have a wife. <laughs> no, you're right. I didn't think about that at all, but that's absolutely correct. All right. I guess maybe that's just I, I'm, I'm, shorthand. I'm getting the vibe of what the title of this episode is going to be. What's that going to be? An exquisite corpse. Oh, okay. Sure. 
done. I will, we'll call it that. I'm just, I, I had never heard it, but you're right. This more and more, this just feels like, oh man, somebody said I got to type out 30 pages. I have no idea what the guy before me did. Yeah, there's two writers in this movie, so it's just like, I'll write page 130, you page, write page 3160. And we are not going to compare no, notes. No, I'm not going to know what you're writing and vice versa. That is legit how it feels. Like, this is not an exaggeration. I mean, I, I would fully believe that's how this... I would kind of like that as a, like a writing exercise for you and me. <laughs> that all I get is like the last two lines of whatever you wrote and yeah. a list of character names, and I just have to go. I don't think we could do much worse, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't, my opinion... I, I only have a couple more. What, what else I, have you can got? I tell you something? I, I mean... I'm, we're having fun to talk, talking about this, but I legit think this might be the worst movie we've covered on this podcast. Oh no, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Okay, I, that's how much I think because it's such nonsense, literal logic things about orphans and mistresses, like very basic things. These are not complicated things. All right, all right. Uh, okay, we covered a lot of the stuff we've already talked about. Gay, gay panic scene we talked about. We never mentioned the fact that he's seven. Also. How are the showers? Their son is seven. Oh yeah, that it, it's you're, that's another level. Why? Yes, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. I don't know if I've ever gone this far. You know, in any episode, there's been a lot of like questionable stuff. We've caught, we've seen a lot of very questionable material. I mean, this is that's just like full on offensive. All right, so I'm gonna. Give I you- hate this movie. Sorry. All uh, right. Okay, discharging firearms in the house. Super hilarious, according to this movie. We talked about. There's that. at least three instances. Four. Three scenes, but there's but one where he's Frankie like, shoots a couple of times when he shoots down the, yeah, the chandelier. But that, that's like that's an exclamation point. That wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He's at least he's doing it intentionally. Right, there, he's doing it intentionally. Jennifer shoots a firearm when he catches. She catches her husband. Yes, she thinks that there's an intruder, an intruder who has turned on the stereo and is playing. That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it. She's like, there's obviously someone. Someone broke into my house and put on disco. I must kill them. That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that, and then there's the, the Frankie is cooking, and he needs to, like, squash something, and he can't find a tool to squash. So he uses a handgun. This, this cooking show is brought to you by Beretta, and he slams the handgun down that and goes off. really bad. And then she screams at him, like, what are you doing? It's like, didn't you just fire a gun in your own house yesterday? You have no right to be upset at him. I'm going to be indignant about this thing I did just 24 hours ago. Uh, and then, yeah, the third time is Frankie making a point. He's using his, his the, the firearm for emphasis as yes. a rhetorical device yes. to chase away uh, the husband. All right, so here's what I have is I was annoyed of how heavy-handed the movie was mm-hmm. that you get a flashback sequence from Frankie's perspective describing how Gianni Carboni comes back from Italy and all the girls are in love with him and they just make eye contact and how... how all right. Oh, oh that's, then, that's that guy? Yeah, and okay, then cut okay. to... Marcello, it's like, oh my god! Do you just want to punch me in the face? All right, well that's that's the part I missed because okay. I, I I had a, it was in my question of just like, what's the deal with this like Fonzie character? We got a flashback hey, about. You're right. It was uh, like the Fonz. It's because it was being very heavy handed that okay. they're one in the same. You're right that I was not, not really paying attention because that, that's kind of two thirds of the way through the movie we get that flashback. Yep. And by that it point, was a, I was, it was fully offend- checked out. You talked about offending your intelligence. That offended my intelligence. I'm like, this is so heavy-handed. Okay. Well, the scene of Jennifer not getting the DVD offended my intelligence, so we each have one scene. <laughs> all right. I totally missed it, but it's because I was not paying attention. All but right. you're right. Now that, that now it's all clipped together. We're just like, oh, that's why that flashback is there. Of course. It's because I wasn't paying attention to any of the mob plot. That's I'm just like, names. Oh, there's Sammy, and there's Gianni, and there's you know all these names. I don't care. 
So that's why I missed it. Okay. Uh, I got two more. What do you got? What else do I have left? Uh, okay. There's another photo of Frankie two feet from Jennifer near the end of the movie. So I noted that. Um, oh, <laughs> at the funeral, we get a montage of Frankie, all Frankie's memories of Angelo. And they all look like they occurred within the week of his death <laughs> because, they, you know, right. the, character, the actors are the ages that they are. <laughs> Frankie's known Angelo his whole life. I'm remembering back of all the good times we had, and it's all I stuff that happened that in, in the last week or so. All right. Okay. I've got- fart, fart wheelbarrow we talked about. I do. I'm, uh, what was the note? I wrote a note, and then I was just like, this, is, this sentence has never been said before. Where is it? Okay. Um, Yahoo Serious Film Festival? Something like that. Oh, Stallone angrily punches the dead fart butt is what I wrote. Because I was just trying to take notes. I was just trying to keep up with the movie. And that's what I wrote. Stallone angrily punches the dead fart butt. In the wheelbarrow. And then, yeah, in the wheelbarrow. And then I wrote, I, I'll bet that sentence has never been said before. So I had an issue with, I don't think it was this, it wasn't this one, because the, the next attempted hit, Jennifer knows about. Frankie puts the dead body in a powerboat. And I think it was a powerboat that actually the, the hitman brought to try and sneak up. He puts it in the boat slices the boat open so it's going to sink. The boat only makes it like 60 feet out from the shore. I think it's too close to the house. Thank you. Isn't that very (laughs) close to the house to say, well, I'm pretty sure that this guy was murdered in this house right here, and they (laughs) sank the boat right by the shore. Then later, Frankie literally puts a a body in the walls of the house. What's his name? Whatever, Junior. Bruno Junior. Yeah, literally within the drywall of the house. So uh, I don't think it wasn't that drywall, but whatever, play a plaster, or whatever. He, he, he was doing. walling him up in the old coke oven, like Mr. Yes. Burns. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, so yeah, I don't think uh, Frankie is all that concerned with uh, concealing evidence. Apparently, he's not. I, I got one more. What do you, let's do one more each. Okay, I'm just because we still got questions, and yeah, I got do. some questions. Well, but uh, there's no silk codes, or there's there's no way. So uh, you go ahead with yours. I'll skim, right. skim through and see what else I got left. Maltessa gave some of the worst lines of all time. I can't believe they were in this. I've got... There's a few <laughs> tunes left to be played on this flute. I knew... As soon as you said two lines, I'm like, oh, I know what they're going to be. In yeah. Time... I can... I'm not going to be able to say it. Oh, the baloney pony? Time to mouth the baloney pony. I don't think I don't think that expression is unique to this movie. I think I've heard that expression before. I've heard it too, the but it's baloney pony. That would be like third graders. Yes. This guy's like 90 years old. And he's saying yeah. it's time to mount the baloney pony. Yeah, he he talks like that, but and yet he is so devoutly Catholic that he has to get married before he can have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things don't seem to go together. <laughs> Uh, he's so chaste. <laughs> he, they stop. We never talked about. <laughs> they're at this like bar or whatever. She tries to seduce him. He starts having heart palpitations or something. Oh, get in the ambulance. She's blowing smoke. In oh, his right. Face. Yeah. He has heart issues. Get in the ambulance. They get in the ambulance. We got to stop at the church and get married. They get married and then they're just at his house. Weren't you going to the hospital? What happened? I had that in my questions. I don't okay. have an answer for it. Yeah. I was very confused about that. Anyway, my last note is just, I uh, noted that Marcello, either Marcello or Jessica, uh, Jennifer brought a copy of his book to their date. Whichever <laughs> way it is, it's sad. <laughs> I'm not sure who brought the book. But I missed that. It's, either way, it's sad. One of them is, is uh, very, it's, it's kind Big of pathetic. frowny face yeah, to the head. Absolutely. That's my last note. <laughs> All right. 
Ready for the next segment? Sure. Questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Devil's Advocate, the segment of the show where we ask each other questions that we came up with while watching the movie, and the other tries to answer them as best they can. Yeah. You, you want to lead off? Uh, Sure. I think a lot of these we've covered. Okay. Such as how has Frankie never been spotted? They're tailing her like literally one car length behind her. <laughs> she pulls into their house and they're fully behind her the whole time. You may, going, they may as well be looking over a fence in the background. Yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, okay, I was just confused about this moment. I'm just like, what happened? So Jennifer gets hopped up on whatever pills. She tries yep. to drive home. Comical quote unquote sequence where she's yeah. smashing into things. She smashes into the, the wall of her garage. Yep. And her face gets like covered in like plaster or something. No, what? you know what that's supposed to be. What is that supposed to be? Please explain it. The airbag. Is it the airbag? That's what it's supposed to be. Why did it detach from the the? I have no idea because then also in the scene at the adoptive parents' house, when you cut back to the Frankie waiting outside, he is taking electrical tape and taping the steering wheel to get whatever remnants there are back in. So that I remember, but I didn't put two. I thought it was like plaster from the wall landed on no, her face. No, the way it looks, it's pancaked, which makes no sense because that's not how an airbag works. I literally didn't understand what was happening, well, so okay. I was able to answer that one. The joke didn't... Un- they, they, it wasn't fun. <laughs> they, they couldn't land the joke because literally I was confused about what had happened. Okay, here's my first question that I had. So the hit on Angelo takes place in a restaurant and that's we've got the clams here's what i want to know because the the, we didn't get into it but frankie is not there because he's getting a parking ticket and he has you know like a he's kind of flirting with the parking enforcement officer or whatever here's what i want to know why does nobody in that restaurant flag down any law enforcement including that parking officer as a mob hit has just occurred in front of them. She chats with the, the hitman as he leaves. And I, my follow-up question is, how in the hell is that parking officer not headed back to the restaurant or when sirens are clearly that she's walking past the hitman who just puts his arm behind his back with a firearm? Oh, does he? Yes. <laughs> I didn't notice that he had The firearm is in He's walking with it in plain view for everybody to see. Because it's funny. That's why. I guess. Because it's a funny joke. So, so do you have an answer? I have no idea how nobody is trying to flag down the police. No, nobody acts like a human being. Nobody is making right. rational decisions. Yeah, a whole restaurant watched this man be murdered, and apparently this guy got away with a scot-free. It's not like he's worried about police at any point in this movie. <laughs> all right, can I, I got another one I got to go right back to, because it actually has to do with your garage scene. Okay. Can you, all right, when she crashes the car, before you get the airbag pancake, you see the things that are in the garage. There are three cases of motor oil in that garage. I did notice that. My question is, is there any chance anyone in that house has ever changed their own oil? No. And if, okay, no, and if no. so, enough to need three right. cases of oil? What are they doing with three cases of oil? There's no other car in the garage right no. when she gets home, so they, they must share this one car. Because he's at the house. How did he get there with his uh, with no, cause country when he, club No, because when he runs out of the house, he he does get into another car and oh, peel off. You're right, you're right. And actually, that leads so me... We have two cars. Yeah, it's, it's still a lot for two cars. There's no, Assuming but, they're changing their own but oil. But there's no way either one of them has ever changed their no, own no. oil. That was so what is that oil for? I would, for? Oh, I would, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know how much, like, you know... This this uh, direct-to-video movie. I don't know if that's worth... If, if, if they're getting their money's worth. But it wasn't a plan. I don't think this was planned to be direct-to-video. Nah, probably not. All right. 
Um, okay, well, speaking of that scene where uh, the husband is having the affair in the pool. Oh, oh, I wonder if you're going to have the same one that maybe, I got. Maybe. Come on, My up. question is, she, she almost shoots her husband because he has a water pistol. And which she apparently mistakes for a real gun. So what were they <laughs> in there? Oh, in there, what were they? <laughs> what were they doing with this water pistol? <laughs> you know, I got an idea. had plans. Yeah, I had an idea too, but I have I'm an idea. raising the question. I'm then, not sure it's clean enough for this podcast. No, no, definitely not. But then later he has an apron. He grabs the apron and puts it on. It's like water pistol plus apron plus sex in pool. What oh. is the, uh, the 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 itinerary for this this evening? <laughs> the, we try to keep this too clean. I think I know no, what the yeah, water pistol is we, being We know what for. the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have a follow-up for this exact sequence. I thought you were going to have the same thing. So the mistress is fleeing, but before she does, the only thing, and I think it's just a cover-up because of the, the rating on the movie, she's covering up with a beach ball because that's another, another thing that they had in this pool for, for this going on. So Jen shoots the beach ball and it deflates. My question to you is, the mistress runs out. The only thing she's covered up with when she's running out, and it's only her top, it's not her bottom, right. is the deflated beach ball. She runs out. Is she picking up her kids with just the deflated beach ball? Because <laughs> she says, I got to go pick up my kids, That's and right, she, she takes does. off. Is she going to pick up those kids wearing nothing but a deflated beach ball? I mean, I guess is she in the car with him when he leaves? No, I don't no, think so. No, she's gone. So and they must clothes? have come in the same car, right? No, she she had a separate car. Okay, so, so maybe the clothes are she got a spare emergency clothes in the car just for these situations. She's doing this enough that uh, you know, just in case. That, that is a stretch, but that at best, I think she's going. She's got nothing but a beach ball. I'm playing devil's advocate the best I can. That's right. my answer. Uh, okay. Oh, so uh, this is again more like my confusion about like the filmmaking. Jennifer watches the video of Angelo explaining unnecessarily at a length at length what we all know as an audience and what she should figure out by now. And then it's, he starts explaining all the different mob bosses and there's shots of like flashbacks of the mob bosses in the video because it looks there like is? grainy. Yeah, there's it's, there's flashback shots of them during this sequence. I missed that. Okay. So my question is, did he splice those like footage of his rivals in the video or, or ask Frankie to? I guess. Frankie, get me a shot of of what's his name. I don't remember any characters' names. Carbonium Maltese. Yes, get me shots of them. I like and this. I'll splice it into my DVD where I explain. I like that he wants that much authenticity. That it's like a, an actual movie that Angelo made a real yes. movie that he got file footage to splice in. Because it's not clear because we're not seeing the screen of the TV. It's just you know. Yeah, we're, we're just seeing it. Yeah, as as the movie. Yeah. So is that I, in the video, or is it just, like is the, it just Avenging Angelo splicing? I think it's just Avenging Angelo, but I like the idea that Angelo wanted to be so authentic that he went and got file footage to splice into his DVD. Because the footage seemed grainier and like not film. It looked like video footage, okay. as if someone was filming these bosses on film with the no. same camera they were filming Angelo. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, my next one. All right. If Frankie has been watching Jen Jen, which for some reason that's her nickname, Jen Jen. Oh, I forgot about that, yes. And that he knows all about all of Kip's affairs, because you know, that's when he's in the house firing off when Kip says, oh, this was just this one time. Right. right. There's like three examples, a Swedish stewardess and something. Oh, it's been going on for years. Somehow he's been docu- following both of them at the same time at yeah. all times. Yes. So here's my question. Did, did he have any time to be Angelo's bodyguard? That's true. I I think 
Does he ever say he's Angelo's bodyguard? Yes, because that's why he's there and he's so distraught that he wasn't there to save Angelo. He was arguing about a parking ticket. Where did this guy have time? I, th- I, I, I interpret that as he is a bodyguard in the employ of Angelo, but most of his time is spent bodyguarding Jennifer. And there's probably someone else watching Angelo most of the time, but this was his day off, and so Frankie's got to fill in at this restaurant. And he fails and he ab- miserably. Ab- I mean, that other guy would be pissed. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's the case. Furious. Yeah. That guy would be avenging Angelo. He'd be killing Frankie, saying, I blame you for this. That's how the movie should end. Sure. Frankie gets killed by Angelo's bodyguard that was let down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All right, I, I'll buy that. I, I didn't I'll assume that. that he was Angelo's full-time bodyguard. Because then there's three people he's got to follow all the time. He's got to follow Angelo and Jennifer <laughs> and Kip. So it, he, it's he, implausible that he has time to know about Kip's affairs to begin with. He certainly doesn't have the time to also be bodyguarding Angelo. No, it's almost like this movie makes no sense. <laughs> None of these things were thought through in any way. All right, I'll take that answer. Uh, okay, well, I, I'll do one or two more. So, okay, I... This is just a line that I, need, I want to understand. So my question is, to, can you explain this to me? Okay. This is after the shoe store. It's the first time Jennifer has actually been you know, attacked. All right. And they run out to the, the parking garage, and she's like, who would try to kill me? And Frankie names one of the mob bosses who I keep forgetting. Maltesa or Carbone. Mal- yeah, it probably says Maltesa. So Maltesa would be at the top of my list. And she goes, list? What list? List of people trying to kill me? What am I, a Thanksgiving turkey and people are placing orders? People are placing orders with a thanks. What, please, can you explain to me what she means by this? I'm folding my cards right now. Okay. Because, yes, I also had to say, I'm like, what does that mean? I'm a Thanksgiving turkey, and people are placing orders. People are I, going to the turkey to place orders? Like, I, I just don't even know what she's talking all about. All right. I was going to do two more, but now the, the one I'm going to do now is going to be my last. But because of that, I have to... I've got to volley back with this one. Can you explain this one to me? The scene is Bruno Jr. is about to try and kill Frankie. This yeah. is the, the standoff. Right. And Frankie's hiding behind one of Marcello's books. Well, he's hiding a gun, allegedly. Well, we find out he's hiding a gun. Right. And Frankie asks the line, hey, have you ever read any of these? Bruno says, that insults my intelligence and my ignorance. So my question to you is, can something insult your intelligence and ignorance at the same time? I think this movie does exactly that, so I think that my answer is yes. That's the reason why I wanted it to be my last one, is because <laughs> I figured that's what you would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he means by that, but I don't know what most people mean. Most lines of dialogue in this movie, as evidenced by turkey placing orders or whatever. Um, all right, I'm just going to end with this question. Uh, again, just me not understanding the movie. So Jennifer kills... What's the mob guy's name? It's like the eighth time you've said it. Maltessa. Maltessa. And by the way, not by marriage. She says by marriage. Let's be honest. We'll, we'll go back to some of her. Yeah. She kills him with breasts. <laughs> That's true. Nick. With her champagne breasts. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about the champagne. You're right. Yeah. That's really the murder weapon in this. Yes. And of Maltessa. He's, he's bonered to death. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I could say that. Oh, it's not too blue, is it? Or do you even want me to take that out? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But he's, he's erected to death. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. It's a nice compromise. All right. Um, but she she is invited into his home because now she is his wife and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And these mob guys are down there. One guy goes up an elevator, yep. just is walking down the hall, and I assume Frankie is the one who kills this guy. It's ne- just some come, someone comes out from the edge of frame, grabs a guy, kills him. Oh, it's Frankie. Why? 
I don't know. Why is he in there killing people? She, she didn't need his help. Why is he even in there? Well, you. Why is this guy? I mean, there's an added to the body count. I'm not going to complain about that. But why did that moment happen? Is he dead or is he just? I heard a neck snap. I think he's dead. Uh, Why? I don't have a good explanation. I honestly, I don't. What is happening in this movie? So many. What is happening? I mean, it's 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 one thing to watch a movie and go like, I liked that. I didn't like that. I didn't think that was effectively done. This movie. I'd say more than half of the scenes, I'm going, why is this happening? Why is Frankie in the mansion killing people when she is, has made it clear that her plan is to seduce yes. him and that he doesn't need to the be only drawing thing, suspicion by the, killing people? The only thing I can come to the conclusion is he didn't think that she was actually going to be able to do it, so he went in there to try and do the job for her. But then he never follows up on it. I, you're right. It's it not like, And it's never addressed in a line of dialogue like, oh, you, I'm surprised you pulled that off. I would have been, you know, I... I, I Never got my shot to do it myself. One hundred percent. It does not make sense. That's the best because they show him they scaling. Have a, they have a plan. They show him scaling the wall, and dog is barking at him when he does it. So it's clear he's the one who kills that guy. Oh right, I forgot about that. But I, you're, you, I thought that's what you were going to ask me, and I was going to say, "Ooh, I got keen ear. I'm going to explain." No, they showed him scaling the wall. But your question was why? I don't have an explanation. <laughs> All right, here's my last they, one. They which, agreed to a plan, and he. Was was he was freelancing and he didn't uh, you know he didn't need to be okay. Here's what I can you help explain to me. You during that montage when she's on the date with Marcello, which it's a really long montage because it's a full song. Yes. and it's oh, for one date. It doesn't make sense. Like normally when you're going to do something like that, you'd be on like ten dates right. and get show the passage of time. Right, it's one date. <laughs> it's because I don't know. There, but no, that's not my question. Hold on. This movie does have a ton of terrible songs, mostly in the second half of this movie, once the romantic comedy kicks in. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably why. So they had to have Frankie doing something. I want to, please help me understand, how was the landscaping in this house in such terrible shape to the point he's got to get a lawnmower to go over the tennis court because it's just overrun with weeds? Yeah. I mean, the house, the interior of the house seems very well maintained That's and very my, nice. That, please, I don't understand this disconnect. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it either. What, what, is the, what are they trying to tell us with this? That's the thing. Everything is very well maintained, and like they're, they're very wealthy. I mean, supposedly, I mean, she cheat. has all this money that Angela left her yes. through her adoptive parents that she's living off of, right? Because he says, like, oh, she squandered all that money I left her. Yeah, and then I... And yet, yeah, she's living in squalor and or luxury. They, both at the same time. They can't take care of the landscaping, but they change their own oil? <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe they're pouring the oil in the landscaping. And oh, they're, just, they're just so stupid. I mean, she is one of the dumbest Wait, characters I've I'm ever seen in a movie. I'm going to answer my own question. Here's the problem. Nope, I got it. Those two completely tied together. You ready for this? And we're going to end this and move I on to Silk Cozart. Can't wait to hear. No, we're not. We're going to move on to, to body count. We need to at least do the Silk Cozart. If we're not doing it, then... Whatever. Sound drop. I'll, I'll play it. But I've got my answer to my question. You ready? The lawnmower and maintenance items would not work because they were pouring oil instead of gasoline into the machines. And then they wouldn't run and wouldn't work, <laughs> okay. so they just let the landscaping go. 
That's what it is. That's sure. why they bought so much oil. They thought you put oil in those things and didn't know that gasoline went in them. I guess so. That's uh, that, that makes sense to me. All right. I explain. I answered my own question. There you go. Time well, for- then where's, where is uh, Frankie getting the gas to finally... Well, ga- Frankie you is- think that, that no. lawnmower will be wrecked. If- no, wait. Frankie clearly is like Wilson. He has done his own yard work. <laughs> he is. So he says, oh, here's the problem. They've been running oil through this. He clears it out, goes and buys some gasoline, and yeah. runs the lawnmower. He looks over the fence and asks Tim the Toolman Taylor for his advice on this broken lawnmower <laughs> and Tim the Toolman Taylor gives him some gives gasoline. Him gasoline to fix his lawnmower. <laughs> he flushes out the oil, puts gasoline in. Yes. All right, so Kozar. We've solved it. Okay, we're going to play this and then yes. move right on. Yes, this is the segment of the show where Kevin would go down a internet research uh, path based uh, on our Eraser episode, but he didn't do it. I don't like this movie or care or nothing. This movie did not spark my imagination or interest in any way. All right. So there so you go. So let's get to why we're here. Let's do it. This movie, we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. Body count, where we compare Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's. Uh, Arnold's average has now changed, so I have to look it up now. And also we didn't for, have it last episode, no, but and, we but, know it now. But for a comedy, this had more for Stallone than I would have guessed for it a did. comedy. Yeah, it was not, not too bad. So Arnold now has an average body count of 14.39 after we covered Terminator Dark, Dark Fates. Yes. Total body count of 547. Uh, Sylvester Stallone killed five people in this movie by my count. Is that correct? Did, did you count or no? Uh, yes, I did. Let, okay. Do uh, you want to go down, go through them, or no? It's all me. like thugs and then yeah. Bruno Jr. Bruno and Marcello. And Marcello, yeah. yeah. Three thugs, Bruno and Marcello. Yep. Well, we can we can we can count by the the ways in which the bodies are disposed. One guy was was farting. One guy was in a boat. One guy, <laughs> one guy, uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Bruno Jr. is in the wall, and then Marcello. Which guy am I forgetting? He disposes of them of them all in crazy ways. Oh, the one guy he knocks over the. Uh... Oh, no, no, he hides the guy under the bed. That's one guy <laughs> under the bed in the boat. Bernie's dead! <laughs> right, whatever, it's five. It's seven, yeah. seven total. The only two that Stallone is not responsible for are Angelo himself and uh, Mob oh, Boss. That- oh, no, no, Mob Boss. You got the hitman of Mob Boss. Maria dies of childbirth. No, that's that's Pat. That's before the movie started. It we never count that stuff. It counts. Stuff, uh, deaths that happened before the movie starts? No, we never. We have never. We, counted you have those. two mob bosses. You have Carboni and Meltessa also die. But those are both in flashback. I didn't count them. All right, whatever. The, this the has number, always been our. The our number system. that matters is five. No, it was on screen that we don't count, or off screen, I should say. Well, I think they're both off screen. No, you, well, we, we you learn s- about them. You after see the, the guy at the driving range go up and shoot a Carboni, oh, right. and he dies later. We do and see Maltesa, that. as you said, got bonered to death. Well, I counted him. I'll, I'll, I'll add one for the driving range guy because you're right. That is definitely on screen. All right. So, uh, so Sylvester Stallone now has a total body count of 399. Uh, so it gives him an average body count of 11.08. So, but he's on pace. For a total body count of 621. So that's still ahead of Arnold's 547. All right. Arnold only got the one in Terminator Dark Fate, so not Stallone helping him just much. has so many movies. That's that's ultimately what's going to carry <laughs> Too them. many movies. Boy, we're really going into a dark period because uh, I was looking at what was left. We'll get there in a second, but... Um, oh, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> it's not good. This is not good. All 2020. Right. Boy, oh, boy. Anyway, let's huh? move on to the award. Yes. Outstanding achievement An explosion. I'm gonna guess you just give it to nobody. 
Uh, well, that's we should close say, to the truth. Uh, this is the award that we give to the character who wrecked the most shop in the movie. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily giving it to the person who wrecked the most shop, but I gave the award to myself for enduring this movie. I wanted, oh, I wanted it's such s- a cop-out. It is a cop-out, but I, I so hated this movie. Oh. Uh, would you rather me give it to nobody? I'll give it to nobody. Forget it. <laughs> I legitimately gave it to somebody. Fine, who did you give it to? I gave it I'll to... I'll tell you what, I'll give, it, I'll give it to Angelo because I did enjoy that performance. There. Okay. I took a little different take on it. All right. I gave it to Bruno Jr. because he killed Ant- screen legend Anthony Quinn, and it was his final role. Okay. So I'm going to give it to Bruno Jr. because it, it's, it's not a good movie. There's not anybody who really wrecks shop in this movie. No. So I'm going to give it to Bruno Jr. Well, but I mean, it, it's a comedy, and you don't expect it to be. It's not. Right. It's not always about like who killed the most or who created the most explosions. It could be any kind That's of. Fair. That's fair. Whoever had a big impact, but boy, nobody had an impact to me. I really wanted Screen Legends Anthony Quinn's. <laughs> undershirt from exercising in the park after watching this. <laughs> I forgot about that. Interesting trades are considered. considered. Uh, All right, here we are. I'll trade this thing. Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my film. Uh, the Rocky rating, the segment of the show where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents, all the way from Apollo Creed, I don't think it'll apply here, no. down to Spider Rico. Should I go first, or are you just going to... Blast this well, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, as far as our scale is concerned, I have ventured outside of the scale from time to time. Yeah, you did it once, and are you going to do it again? I considered it, but you talked me up to a Spider Rico. Okay, so that'll. Uh, <laughs> I have been talked up well, to the lowest. Then wait a minute. Then this can't be the worst movie we covered. That's yes. I I, well, I, which, I think you've talked me up from the worst. We which ever movie did you give that to? By I the way, I gave it to Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> <laughs> that was so I, harsh because our scale is Rocky opponents and I pointed out on that episode that Rocky also one of his opponents was cancer you think it's in bad taste I just think it's in bad taste that's all, right, all. whatever fine that's in the past. I, I'm a notch, <laughs> I won't use it again. I'm a notch above. I gave it a Tommy Gun. It's not a good movie, but there were a few nuggets of things that I found entertaining so I, I didn't want to give this one a Spider Rico. Alright fair enough I mean, uh, it's not good. People not should not watch. People should not watch this movie. No, it's, it's free, and you still shouldn't watch it. <laughs> it took me. I'll tell you what. It took me like five hours to get through this movie. I had to Come keep on. stopping and taking breaks. Oh, I was so bored and just, just. I, I really, really disliked this movie. Well, it was my pick. That's fine. We're all we're stuck with the what's left at this point because it's not, now my now it's my are getting mighty slim. They are friend. getting pretty slim. Well, I mean, you know, this the podcast is wearing us down. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of things are wearing me down. This podcast is only one of many things. Uh, so, so it's your pick. It's give, my pick. Give us something good. Well, what are the categories point, left for the people that are listening to each one of these episodes? The only two categories left are voiceover and serious Stallone. So basically, my choice is between a couple of other early two thousand stinkers, presumably we've never seen. I think it's like Reach Me and whatever the other one is. I don't even know movies that no one's seen or. Ants. Woody Allen's Ants. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's my app. Those are my options. We're not even sure we can find the other movie that's in the cast. I think Animal Crackers is never coming out. Which is a boy. I don't know. If people are going to be on Sequester, you would think that anything, any content that's in the can, you would think is just going to be gold you right would think, now. I think it was released in some uh, regions, but I don't think it's available in the U.S. or Europe, I don't think. I think it's only like it was released in Asia or something. Yeah, China maybe. I'm not sure why, why or what the deal is with that movie. It's a whole animated movie that was apparently finished and never released. 
But we, well, when we started doing this alone portion of the it podcast, was it out. was coming out, and we just went, well, that's that's a voiceover. Let's put that in there. <laughs> it was like two years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's that, that movie's never coming out here. It seems pretty clear. I, who knows why? It must be some kind of legal reason. But I'm, I'm, so it's ants. It's ants. Yes, I'm not. Gonna, I only vaguely remember this movie. I remember kind of liking it, but you know, when I watched it, it was when Woody Allen was not persona non grata. So <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to deal with that. We're no matter what. Let's see, we're gonna have to deal with something because I didn't want to go with a second early two thousands movie back to back because this period of Stallone's career is just so rough. Well, wait a I minute. I couldn't go with another uh, one. Yeah, I guess. So we'll do Ants, and then we'll come back to some other 2003. Well, then we, we then also something. have to explain that we're going to fill in for the basically the early Stallone. We'll figure that out next season, I think. Oh, you're saying that, what we talked about right, this season. Right, because we didn't do anything any from, from that category. Yeah, and we may we may skip that category this season. All right. Well, because there's one more movie. There's one more movie in that category. There is, but we'll need one for next season. Yeah. The seasons are breaking down. <laughs> the structure of, you know, 12 episodes per season. It's all collapsing. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the entropy of the universe <laughs> the, the is overtaking weight, our podcast. The weight of itself is just collapsing. It is. I mean, it's, Stallone has made too many movies. I wish he hadn't made so many movies. We we didn't know what we were getting into. We did not know. Uh, well, I still love Rocky. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to Rambo 4. I think that quote continues to happen on a regular basis. I have to remind myself that, oh, this is a, an actor that I actually like. In some movies, anyway. All right. Well, if you enjoy the show, whether it's this show episode or others, please like us on your podcast app of choice. And we would love to hear from you at Arms Race Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, I think we had fun picking this movie apart. Uh, so it ended up being fine. But yeah, if you like the show and you know someone else who might like the show... Tell your friends and family. It would help us quite a bit. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with Ants with a Z. 